Hello everybody and welcome to episode 463 of Conversation Street. How are you all doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? You alright Gemma? Oh my arm! Gemma's got a bad arm. She's <laughs> had the vaccine everybody. We are now both half safe from Covid. Half. Gemma's been moaning on whinging about her arm all week. I certainly it's did it when I got worse. one. It's getting worse. It's all going to be really gone by the weekend. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But I recommend the vaccine. <laughs> definitely worth getting so far it's worked 100% yeah no COVID for me at all yeah it's great we're going to be talking about the Coronation Street episodes from the 22nd to the 26th of March today wouldn't you know and that is episode 10,279 to 10,284 um can I just say something yeah um do you not think it's like a miracle like if there ever was such a thing as a miracle it is a miracle that a year ago, we were recording a podcast and we were like, we're not going to say the C word because we're in a global pandemic and we don't want to upset people. We want you to be able to listen to this podcast and escape because we know how stressful everything is. And a year later, after being in lockdown, because this was like a year, this marks the anniversary of a year's worth of lockdown this week. We, we in, had a silence in, at school. In the UK. Um, and a year later, literally, like the day before the one year anniversary of lockdown was the day that I got the vaccine and I'm the last person that I know in my family and friend group. Oh yeah, that's true. Who has had, apart from your sister, sorry, Joan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my sister hasn't been done. She'll be fine, she's already had it. Um, to have the vaccine, it's like a miracle of science. Yes. And the NHS and everybody who's worked really hard just felt like I had to say something. We have, it's we've like, also we just, really before we started recording it. to this podcast, been chatting to some other of our friends who also not had the vaccine yet. All right, sorry. <laughs> but we're never close. They don't come we're round on Tuesdays, though, do they? They don't, they don't. <laughs> um, yes, it's been good, it's been good. Um, congratulations, science. What are we doing today? <laughs> we're talking about coronation. It's about today. time they won the, the war of, you know, science versus literature. Yeah. Um, what we do? Uh, anything else going on this week? I don't think there is. No. No, no, no. Well, just let's get straight, straight on with the quiz then, and then we can talk about find it. coronation for street. the swiftness of this. I know, I'm just trying to think. Oh. I don't think we've got anything worth talking about this week. Oh, my arm. <laughs> just... <laughs> right. Any more? No. Quiz time. I haven't got a pen. Um, things that happened got a paper. in Coronation Street. It's all right, I got one. In it's years fine. ending in a one and oh, six. Okay. Yeah. Um, between the 22nd outfit. and the 20... That, don't you not write on that, please. What is that? It's a, oh, it's a house plan. Yeah. It's where all the furniture's going to go. Right, okay. Right. Okay, we're ready. Um... Come on, taken from Coronation... What? I was going to say, Coronation Street finished like 50 minutes ago. About 50 minutes to get ready for this. We don't even have the pen and paper or anything to I say, I feel really weird this week. Right, go on then. Right, Come on, twen- on. No, go, uh, taken from coronationstreet.fandom.com. And the first question is to you. Because <laughs> I'm going to ask Abby some as well. Okay. She's on your team. Okay. <laughs> She's asleep. <laughs> uh, she might do better than you. Uh, 22nd of March, 1961. The residents think that Coronation Street is set to be demolished, but it's a misunderstanding. Yeah. What place is set to be destroyed? Coronation Terrace. Yes. Yes. Well done. <laughs> 22nd of March, 1976. Annie Walker hires Fred G to be the potman at the Rovers. Oh. How lovely. But what year would see his leaving? Oh. What year was it that he came? 1976. 1976. I'm going to say that he hung around. 
Until did it stop? 1980. Mm. How long did it stay? You're on the right track. And I am. It's <laughs> uh, not your first rodeo. Six. No. Four. Yes. I was going to say four first. You, well, you did. Can I have a point? <laughs> I have half a point because I got it in my second guess. I knew it was four. I always second guess myself. You do, right, don't you? You think you'd learn. 22nd of March, 2006. Tracy Barlow cons her partner into thinking she's had an abortion. Who is she dating at the time? 2006? Yes. Um, well, it's got to be, got to be Charlie Stubbs. Charlie Stubbs. 23rd of March, 1981. Fred introduces the regulars to the woman who would become his second wife. What is her Eunice. name? What's her full name? Uh, Eunice. Oh. Eunice. What was her name? Because she was... Nuttall. Yes. Uh, What was his first wife's name? A dead air, Michael. Edna. Edna, yeah. Uh, How did she die? Um, Mark, Britain, warehouse fire. which year? 1979. One. One. That's what I said. 24th of March, 1971. Which street resident becomes fearful of Margaret Lacey the nanny of Peter and Susan Barlow after she bullied them as a child. Who gets scared of a nanny? Yeah. Pips, Peter uh, and Susan Val? Barlow's... What was the year? 1971. Yeah. That, no, no. What would Val... Val's, I think she's dead at this point. Yeah. Um, I think I, so. I, I don't know. I don't know. Pass. Think about it. Ken. Susan, Peter, Emily... Lucille Hewitt, because she was the same age. I don't remember that. Okay, fine. 25th of March, 1996. Why does Jim McDonald get arrested? What year? <laughs> 96. 1996? Yeah. No, oh, 1896. 1996. He got arrested after breaking into uh, Liz's house. What, why is that a problem? She, he'd just beaten her up. What? And then she what was, was like, stay away from relationship? me. Relationship. They were husband and wife. And he beat her up. Ex. And then he came... Um, he came ex-husband yeah. and wife no, he's hounding hounding oh, anyway, his ex-wife Liz is okay. the official quiz answer okay okay <laughs> 25th of March 2001 who is caught out trying to con Mike Baldwin and Fred Elliott over the sale of the Rovers um Dougie Ferguson yes you're so confident you give yourself a mark then before I even told you right 25th of March 2011 Sally and Kevin are about to get divorced, but then Kevin wins how much on a scratch card? £40,000. No. £10,000. More. £80,000. More. £60,000. More. No, that's less. £100,000. One million dollars. No. How much? £200,000. I would Where's really quite gone? fancy a nice chunk of that <laughs> right now. Judging by the, the tan that he always seems to have, I think he's, he's just, just permanently on holiday. Yeah. We've got, I've got a storyline going on. That's, that's off to Barbados. Well, maybe he's like one of these people that commutes. Like he lives in Ibiza and he just commutes to Weatherfield yeah. for work every day. <laughs> I remember there's a kid at school that tried to convince me that he lived in Australia and he came to school on the plane every day. <laughs> I was very close to leaving him. Um, 26th of March 2006, which unlikely person sends Audrey a Mother's Day card? 2006? Yeah. An unlikely person. Yeah, because, you know, I, I don't, it's not, it's not um, Gail, because although it is unlikely that she would send a card, I'm going to assume that we just um, see it off screen. 
Is this was this part of the Richard Hillman? Is David this a Platt? question in the form? I'm going to say of an answer, or an answer in the Richard form Hillman, <laughs> which is actually David. Yeah, Richard Hillman. Mm. That's the end. Oh, that's good. Right, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight and a half out of uh, twelve. That's all right. That's really good. So we've got birthdays and I actually had to add a new birthday into the birthday database because it is new since the last time, since last year. Go on. Um, even though it's not a new person. Um, on the 27th of March, I've added Julia Goulding, who plays Shona Platt. Oh, happy birthday. So it's her birthday. Today, um, Zahara Abrahams, who played Joanne Jackson, also shares a birthday with her. 28th of March... Beverly Callard, who played Liz McDonald, and Nikki Sanderson, oh, played, played Candy Stone. 29th of March, Julie Goodyear, plays Beth Lynch. Never heard of her. Debbie Rush, who plays Anna Windass. 31st of March, director Mary, Mary McMurray. What a great name. <laughs> 1st of April, Joan Francis, who played Doc Greenhouse. And Liam Barstow, played Alex Warner. Plays Alex Warner, sorry. 2nd of April, John Thompson, who plays Jesse Chadwick and Andrew Wyman, who plays Kirk Sutherland. Andy Wyman. Oh, there's a lot of Cory birthdays this year. It's a great week Happy for Cory birthday, birthday Bonanza. Mm-hmm. Right. What did we think of Coronation Street this week? Oh, I don't know. Did we like it? Was did it meh? Like or was it? it me? Or was it Mark? Let's find out. Right, this week's Street Talk then. I oh, my was, God. What? Right. Right then. Let's get on with this. I thought it was quite good this week. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, that... that Monday's episode was certainly the highlight for me. Tonight's was was pretty good as well. Wednesday's been a bit, but um, I absolutely loved when, when the um, Monday's episode. It was one of those ones that I went back and rewatched um, some scenes from it, which I don't usually do. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. And it is mostly, if not solely, because of the Tyrone has a pop storyline, um, which was superbly played by Jenny and Alan this week. So I'm looking forward to having a good old chinwag about that. Um, then we've got the, um, the the land story. It's not really size supplies anymore, is it? So we, we came up with a new hashtag <laughs> on on Twitter this uh, this evening that went down well, which is we. the Leanne of Duty, because she's going to be a chiz, Gemma. Yeah, it's a chiz. You know all about that. A chizzer. This is a new term that we've learned in the past week, isn't it? Because um, a, Us and everybody else a, a in the A new series of Line of Duty started on, on Sunday, and they were going on about chizzes all the time. Nobody knew what they were talking Who about. Who was it that told me? There was somebody... The announcer at the end. No, no, no. Somebody on... Somebody on Twitter said who it was. But maybe it was Jane Tunnicliffe who played Yana. I think she said she. That's who I learned oh. it off first. But yeah, a chiz is somebody. It was so ridiculous. What does it stand for? Um, covert human intelligence source or oh, something yeah. like that. But it was somebody. Uh, so so all the way through, they're like, oh, we need to find the chiz gov. Oh no, the chiz is gone. Or oh, where's the chiz? Or oh, the chiz is going to die or something. And then at the end, the announcer was like. Tune in next week for more Line of Duty. By the way, in case you wondered, a cheers is a COVID. It's like, why are you telling me now? Must have a little glossary at they the back, isn't it? Yeah, they li- yeah. I've I've actually got a picture on the iPad of all of the terms that we need to remember. Oh, that'll be good for this mm-hmm. Sunday when it's on. They but should... luckily, what? No, I'll just say they should just at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, just tell everybody. Just, these are the terms that you might um, be what confused by in this evening's had, episode of Line of Duty. Like a new a new copper join. In the first episode, and and they'll be like, "I'm confused. What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they get shot in the head. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you don't need to know any weird words. Anyway, we're not or talking acronyms. about line of duty. Isn't that line of duty podcast? We're going to get told it was, off. We, I mean, I've got no idea what went on on no, Sunday's episode. We're going to get told off like we got it. told off when we did 
Talk, we talked but about Game this, of Thrones. That's that the second storyline, the Leanne of Duty. But I, I had a load of other rubbishy storyline titles for that, didn't I? And I deleted I them. I thought you I'd so remember much that you deleted them all, and now I yeah. feel like I've, my other the other option that I remembered advice. was Lee Harvey Drug Sold, which sounds a bit like Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, you're like Lee, as in yeah, Leanne, Leanne Harvey. Yeah, Harvey, yeah. as in Harvey the drugs person. Yeah. And drug sold, as in Oswald. Yeah, that's where, that's where it um, falls down a little bit, but it's close. We had a bit of telesales and marketing, which is still my, you know, my favourite pun of the moment. That one just keeps on giving. It's not a classic, but um, it's pretty good. Now, last week on the podcast, no, I think it's nice. Last week on the podcast, <laughs> we asked for um, listener suggestions for the trolling storyline. And I'm I just said, so you know, we're always open to suggestions. Absolutely, please. It saved me an so much hours of work you don't understand <laughs> michael's probably spends 50 percent of his podcasting work load I, I wouldn't say 50%. trying to come up with puns and rhymes and it's it's i don't know how awful. you came up with lee harvey drug sold i just how did you come up with that i set myself up why I do we have to have puns for storyline no I, I said to you at the time they're rubbish i know they're rubbish um anyway somebody somebody <laughs> kindly um said that we could combine troll and ollie with yeah, we watched that video today yeah. and it was a it, mistake. It wasn't really that much to do with Ollie this week, but I'm sticking with it. Um, for the Todd storyline this week, they called it Groundhog Gay in the in the story itself, so we'll just take that one on. But it does seem to be Thanks. a little bit of Billy and Todd and Paul kind of circling that. Well, this is what I said. I said Groundhog Gay is a great name for the the Weatherfield washing machine, but with those characters. Yeah. Here we go again. Yeah. Um, not, not, yeah. Um, we, we, oh, then we got the fostering storyline. Oh, Definitely happening, Gemma. Again, not so good. I called it their Kelly instead of our Kelly. Oh, I can't think of anything. Sorry. Um, and then we had a tiny bit of who's a granddaddy as well. Can you imagine week. at Christmas they're going to have like baubles with all their faces on them? Mm? You know, you you, the, the, um, uh, Imran, Toya and Kelly will have like a bauble. Don't you think that, that Toy is the kind of person who'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do Christmas cards with, with us on the front? Maybe. I'm going to I'm gonna make her a rattan backpack to take her work <laughs> to school with. Well, we'll find out, won't we? I hope months. she likes tofu. Well, She's going to regret this. Tofu? Imran loves tofu. Did Marinated. you see his face when he heard what they were having for tea tonight in Great. Friday's episode? Yeah. Rocks. That rocks. <laughs> Tyrone has a pop, so... Monday was the big episode for, for Tyrone and Fizz. I absolutely loved it. And it starts off um, with Fizz none the wiser as to Ty's... Well, what he's been getting up to behind her back, basically. And it's, she's there making him a nice lunch. He's, he's She's got this um, wedding in Greece book that she wants to tell him about. Um, and she, she 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 starts off... No, it's not, it's not booked by the beginning of Monday's episode, I is she it? she booked... He, She's looking at it on Friday, I think, and on Monday's episode, she she opens the laptop up and this Greek music suddenly starts playing. It was like that. It's like Holly's music box, wasn't it? I said it sounded like like she was watching Greek porn. Yeah, it was a bit. Ty's gone to work at last. I don't know that there's is that a genre. I don't know. Anyway, she's very excited by whatever it is. I looked up. You can get a Greek wedding holiday package for about. Seven hundred up to two thousand pounds. Yeah, affordable. Fairly, fairly affordable. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chess comes over later, and he says, "Look, just go ahead with it." Most men don't like the idea of this kind of thing. If, if, like, if 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 somebody says, if Gemma says to me, "Let's get married in Greece," I'd be like, oh, "That sounds like a lot of work." But if it's all sorted for me, um, I'd be mean? all in. Surely, so, destination destination weddings are like the easiest no brainer thing to do. 
You just have to invite anyone. Well, no, you, well, you just say you've got to pay for yourself. Yeah. Anyway, um, he, he he says that when Ty finds out the world's remotion, he'll be chuffed. So Fizz clicks that button and orders the holiday. Um, meanwhile, Abby finds Alina's jumper at the garage from when when she was there getting a car sorted last week. And Tyrone jumps at the chance to deliver it back to her, which Abby teases him about because she can thinks that um, Tyrone is a little bit sweet on young Miss Pop. Well, every, the thing is, people keep teasing him about this as though it's impossible that there would be anything between mm. them. And it sort of becomes... This, this whole storyline is one of these storylines that means something different to everyone who watches the show. I've heard so many different opinions about this storyline and some of them have really surprised me because I didn't have that perspective on it. But we'll talk about talk it in a Talk about minute. it in a bit, okay. But um, a lots of people, lots of characters are kind of taking those different angles, aren't they? Mm. To sort of represent different... Yeah. And one of them, one of the, the main ones is... What the hell does he think he's playing at with Alina Pop? So he he goes over with his jumper to the flat and then Seb comes up as well. And he, he kind of realises that Tyrone is the person that Alina fancies and not him. So, Meanwhile, Fizz is at the garage looking for Tyrone because she's she was going to do a grand surprise of the reveal that, that she's booked this wedding. And it, she, she wants to keep it a secret, but she still manages to um, blab to Kevin and Abby about it. Um, meanwhile, Tyrone is telling Seb, there's nothing going on between me and Alina, but please don't tell anyone about it. Uh, yeah. It's a secret. You, you're absolutely wrong. But yeah, if you say anything, you're dead, basically. I'll be but upset. anyway, it was just one stupid kiss. So we kind of, uh, yeah, drops himself in a little bit, really. He heads back to the garage, the garage, the garage where um, Abby's there kind of hiding away. Kevin's disappeared off for, a, for the scene for some reason. And Fizz is there waiting to spring this surprise on Tyrone. She she tells him about the wedding, but doesn't quite get the reaction that she was expecting. Um, and his kind of the lack of response from Tyrone tells Fizz everything that she needs to know about whether it was um, a good idea or not. So she goes home really upset. She thought that he was going to jump at the chance, but he's just like, Nothing. So sad. Poor Fizz. I feel so bad for Fizz on Friday. Monday, sorry. But then we have this epic, epic fallout scene. And my oh, notes for this so long. So this was, this was like, how long was this scene? Nine, ten, eleven minutes long or something like that? This was a super, super long scene. And Coronation Street never done this. Never does this. But um, it um, was... And the ba- background information? You know? 18 pages long. No rehearsal. No one take. One take. Now, yeah. if this doesn't convince you that... Soap actors, especially Coronation Street actors, aren't bloody hard working and very, very talented. Then I don't even know why you're watching Coronation Street. Loved, loved, loved this scene. This is so, so good. This is like back to basics, bare knuckle acting. Yeah, and and one of these timeless like conundrums of like human existence you know a married couple who have lost their spark this this story could have been in a 1960 episode. This is such a classic human problem that's very relatable it was to so of so Not well to us, of course our, of our marriage is full of magic so well written so like halfway through it we got in the look to you, I, I kind of looked at you and I was like they're really doing a good job with this aren't they? Like, yeah, very, they are. very and then good. I was just so glad that it got a you know, roaring standing yeah. ovation on, on on the old social media of course afterwards that some as well. people didn't like it but some people don't like Alan Titchmarsh, like me. I think he's smug. <laughs> so what happened was... So, um, Fizz is like, uh, what was that all about, she wants to know. She's felt utterly humiliated by this because she, you know, she gave this grand... 
it's not a proposal because they've already been engaged for five years, as they pointed out a couple of times. She's this grand gesture and it was basically thrown back in her face. And then she starts going, what's what's going on? Is it what, what's happened between us? Is it about the sex? And it's, it's so kind of awkward, isn't it? Yeah, it was really but, cringy. Or, or the, the lack she's like, of she's sex, like, should I say? She says, I do fancy you. Honestly, we just don't have time. We just, you know, with the girls on work and everything. I felt really bad for her because it's like, she's like, sorry, I I don't service you and your mighty penis, but I'm doing (laughs) the laundry and the cooking. (laughs) Maybe if you did some of the things around the house, you might get a bit more, you know, sex. He he says... No, he doesn't say anything. She no, says, is it, is it about that? And, and he doesn't say anything. No. Um, and and, and he, she says, I still fancy you. And I thought yeah, that was really sweet. Yeah, she, he, she says that, but he, he doesn't say, I fancy you back. No. And then she's like, well, what do you think? And he starts saying, oh, yeah, it's so tired and, and, and the girls know everything. And she's like, don't just say what I say back. Tell me what you really think. And yeah. That, that was a line that was very well observed, I think. And I'm sure I'm very much guilty. Like... Yeah. <laughs> you... <laughs> when, when Gemma and I are having to have serious heart-to-hearts, Quite often, I'll be like, maybe unintentionally. I just literally I repeat back. So that I really, really, it's um, really hard. So this is why it's such a great scene because no matter matter what your relationship is like, and no matter if you've got children or if you've got a housekeeper, you live in a castle, you have sex every day, whatever. You're gonna. (laughs) You fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on in the moat. Um, you're going to have a, a moment where you, you have to have a discussion about something that's not going well. It was just so cringingly awkward for Tyrone. And I think when you're kind of under attack a little bit like that, as he you know, should be, you just don't know what well, to say. And you think that by telling your partner back what they're saying, that, that it's like, it's yes, like, I, I agree with I you. Agree. We're on yes, the same side. Validating but... what you're saying. And yeah, you're like I... going, no, you're not. <laughs> you're just trying to get out of thinking for yourself yeah so so that, that this <laughs> when he says look i think we're stuck that he, he talks about yeah. it says there's no excitement no happiness oh, that's so harsh and then around this time she realizes that somebody else is making him happy and Aww. pretty soon twigs it as alina um her but first she, her, reaction is to mean. her first reaction is to laugh a bit he, she, she goes on about this age gap yeah. and um, he says it's only 15 years so he's she's like well you've obviously been thinking about this haven't you i think yeah. He, he she yeah, says. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a really good point, actually. The fact that he's like, I've added it up, and I think. Yeah, he's think. Yeah, is this? Is this? You know, is this okay? So that that was a bit awkward. And then she she says, Look, you you are kidding yourself if you think that she'd ever be interested in you. And he's like, Well, we kissed actually. Um. So, oh god, it's just it's awful. But poor, poor Fizz. She yeah, says, well, he, she yeah. Says, do you so want... this, is, this is the bombshell revelation. Yeah, we had a kiss on the bench. Kissed. She yeah. says, do you want to be with her or not? Um, and she's, she, at this point, she, J- Jenny's acting at this point. She starts, like, clutching at her neck, doesn't she? She's, like, hug- hugging herself yeah, because yeah. she now feels, like... Very vulnerable. Yeah, completely. And, and, and almost, she looks disgusted and repulsed by the fact that this kiss has, this kiss has happened. It's like well, her she's skin's, outraged, skin's crawling shocked. from it. And, she's, and then she starts saying, look, well, I hope you're going to be very happy in your mouldy little flat together because that's all you'll be able to afford, you, you sad little old man. <laughs> It was nice oh, um, and and then the kind of the tension is broken by Chesney coming around. He just comes to the front door and Tyrone goes to get it. Um, Ty- Chesney just says, "Look, how, how's things going? Have you convinced? What is this? Did he say is, is she convinced you to to marry you yet? Has she convinced you to marry her yet?" And he's and Tyrone's like, "We are a long way away from that." So Ches offers to to take the 
kids. So I picked the kids up from school. Um, and um, and he realizes oh, yeah, and, and, what yeah, yeah, Tyrone's te- been up to. Yeah, just, yeah that's right. Happy. Yeah, Chesney starts having a massive go He's at like, him. He's disgusted I'm, by this. He's I'll like, I'll look do- after the kids for yeah, you. Doing for it for, for fears, this. not for you. Um, and then when Tyrone goes back into the lounge, Fizz is gone. And that is the end of our oh, yeah. epic, epic scene. I'd be worried she's going to come out of nowhere with a chopping board if I was <laughs> I know, she's got four, <laughs> hasn't she? Meanwhile, Seb is telling Alina that Abby's filled him, on in, or filled him in on all the hoo-ha at the garage earlier with the wedding announcement and everything. And he's like, is this anything to do with you? And she's starting to get really angsty about the situation. So goes to go and see Tyrone in the garage. Um, she says, look, do, do you... She says she wants to see if he wants to be with her. Um, this is why she goes along there to see, look, what's going on? Where do I stand here? Um, Tyrone finds Fizz in the cafe later, apologises, promises that he cares about her and the girls as well. Says, look, it, it is, although it, it's, it's, it's all over. Well, it's not over between me and Lee. No, honestly, it never even got started don't worry about this. We can get through this, Fizz. She, he, he's just, he's realised what he stands to lose now and he's desperately trying to claw his way back in and she wants to believe him and he says, I promise I will do whatever it takes to, to try and get us through this. So as they head home, because she she doesn't Ty, Alina doesn't see Tyrone that episode I don't does think she she, gets she doesn't to talk doesn't to get him. to chat with him that's Wednesday that's right she she just sees him she's standing by the pillar box and sees him looking all sad going into the house and then he goes inside and sits on the stairs and looks very very guilty um Wednesday whoops Tyrone is Tyrone's trying to act all normal though again this this really kind of was very relatable when when you have an argument <laughs> you do this <laughs> I do this we've I... had an argument <laughs> Believe it or not, it happens. Guess what? I'm the one that holds the grudge. Who'd have thought that? Oh. So uh, the, the next Sometimes day... Sometimes I can't even remember why I'm I, mad. Like, <laughs> I, I always, 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 when Gemma and I have arguments, try to oh, you're the, you're the make up by the time I go to bed. Like, I always we want... Always, we, do, we don't very often go to bed angry with each other. We don't often, but sometimes we do. And then, the ne- <laughs> and then like, I never see you in the morning because no. I have to go after school. And then I come back from... And I like, maybe send you a few nice t- um, texts during the day and then I, I come home and like, oh, I had a nice day today. And it's like, oh, gosh, I don't know where we stand. <laughs> oh, Michael, you're... Ma- I know, this, is ma- this whole storyline is making me feel really bad. And I, I know everyone thinks I'm a terrible person. He listens to this, but they do. We have had reviews saying, oh, this lady is so mean to her husband. <laughs> you don't know what he does. I am. For to it. me. It's all the, all those all those uh, Romanian it nail really... technicians that I snog. I deserve it. <laughs> Look, everyone has different a different relationship and honestly a lot of a lot of the stuff we talk about on the podcast and the way we joke up with each other is just like hamming stuff up for your entertainment. In real life, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have arguments. We and, never have arguments. Uh, it, it 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 felt Are yeah, you tra- what, what we were watching. Disrespecting felt... me. No. Of course we not, never have arguments. <laughs> it just felt so. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. I think much, almost every it... single person who's who's been in a long term relationship can look at some elements of this, yeah. and go, "This is familiar." Yeah, Fizz sees right through his attempts and can I just to also pretend that nothing's in, gone wrong. This is re- this is what we keep saying when we say Coronation Street leaves long term couples like this. Yeah, because this is the sort of thing that comes from investing years of your life with somebody mm. and it's not quite the same thing as breaking up after you know you got married because you 
somebody you saw someone got shot in a box at Christmas, then you get married and then you fall out because somebody shags somebody else mm. in a year. It's yeah. not quite the same thing, is it? No. Because you get to a stage where you start to wonder, am I taking them for granted? Am I being taken for granted? Mm. Is this uh, is this all there is? And you don't. If you get to that stage in a year, you really <laughs> probably shouldn't have got married in the first place. No, I mean Tyrone and Fizz have been together for what they eight been together years for now. For a long, long time, but eight years is still pretty good. It's, yeah, for coronation street. Well, I keep we keep saying they're a long time couple. I think a lot of people would say eight years isn't isn't super super long, but it's a. I'm not. I don't want to put you know. I don't want to um say anything bad about eight, eight year long relationships because I think. Once you get past a certain amount of years, it eight years, ten years, fifteen, you know, mm. yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, they feel they feel right together, very, they very do. right. It's, it feels, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It feels like they've been together a lot longer than those years. Yeah, because they really just seem very right for. Yeah, one they're another. very very comfortable, which is maybe part, part of the problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. She says, "Look, this pain is not going anywhere." A bit like Gemma's sore arm this week. Oh, don't remind me. Oh, my arm. <laughs> she says, oh, "I'm not going to go and speak to Alina about this because if she whimpered out an apology, she'd probably, I'd probably choke her on it." I know she gets I, really violent. Fizz is fantastic this week. I mean, oh, I'm so spoiler sorry. alert, but nobody's going to come along and take her away from being my character of the week this week. Sorry, we have a great little showdown in the street between Fizz and Alina as well. She's like, "Oh, you." I want a word with you. So, so her um, decision to not have it out with I Alina. I think I'd run away if I was Alina. Scene. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyrone um, back over at work admits to Kevin what's happened and says, "Like I want to stay with Fizz." And Kev's like, "Well, you know, if you want to think about really quite, you need to think hard about what you want." He doesn't. Which is, well, Ke- this was weird. This, this was, was another this one. This was a scene where everybody watching saying, are you going to mention Molly or not? Yes, exactly. This was one of these unspoken histi- character history moments where you felt there was something missing. Like with Leanne and Jez Quigley and all of that stuff, she didn't mention, still didn't mention no, it. No, I'm waiting. She had an opportunity to today and she didn't take it. This would have been a really... Because these guys have, have ruined each other's lives, basically. Well, Kevin ruined... Tyrone's life. Tyrone's life because the history there is that Kevin slept with Molly who was Tyrone's wife behind his back and they had a baby together which is Jack mm. and Tyrone thought Jack was his baby yeah and when it just she was didn't first get, born didn't get brought up this and, way who and, did Kevin compare it to but but you know Kevin would be like if I was Kevin I'd be like oh 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 Mr. Holier Than Thou yeah. um, you know and if I was Tyrone I would have said are you calling me a home wrecker like what you did to me? I don't think so, you mm. know. And really, honestly, this this should have stopped him in his tracks because if he thinks back to how devastated how he, he was mm. when he found out about that affair, he would. I don't see how he could pursue. I I can understand. I really can. I sympathise with people. I don't understand it. Who are in a relationship and they suddenly decide they don't want to be with the other person and because they fall in love with somebody else. I will never ever forgive anybody for cheating on their partner when they're still with them. There's literally no excuse. Mm. There's no excuse for it, and I don't see how you can justify it. And surely, just seeing even seeing Kevin's face would make Tyrone go, "Yeah, this ain't good." Yeah, that they. You're right. The the comparison that they bring up is um, Tyrone says, "How? What's the age difference between you and Abby?" Because Kevin mentions the. That's it. That's it. Kevin's like, look at the age difference, and Tyrone says, "Look at the age difference between you and Abby." What he should have said was, "Look about the age difference between you and Molly when yeah. you were 
when you were out jogging with her. Yeah, jogging. Um, so anyway, Alina... That, that's not part of the NHS 30-day couch <laughs> to 30 days. He did 30 days to the couch. Yeah. Where he started shagging her. <laughs> um, we then have a great scene between Alina and Fizz in the cafe where she is swearing to Fizz that she doesn't mean it to have to, to happen. Sorry, And Fizz is like, she's so hard-faced. She, oh, I love she, it. she cries at the end of the scene, but she's trying to keep it together and act like, you know... She was just she's the tough one. She was just vengeance, like yeah. She's not having any of this. I I loved I loved her line that was what she say. I'm going to smear you across the cobbles or something. Or or a couple of years ago, I'd have smeared you across the cobbles. (laughs) I loved it because Fizz used to be a bit like that. I mean, she's she's settled down as a lot more kind of maternal and and homely and everything now. But she was she was harder. I tell you what, when when Molly came into it, speaking of Molly, she was terrified of Fizz because Fizz used to bully her her at school. I just, um, I love, I always like it when the characters who used to be hard just get a little twinkle of that yeah. again. Like like, some, like we've seen a little bit with Leanne recently yeah. as well. Um, I'm just going to say that we don't, I don't think we, I think we lost most of those style of characters. You know, those real hard, hard case women who were terrifying. Yeah, uh, who you're would, right. Who would beat you up. Yeah, who very, is there at the moment? Gemma, Bernie. Mm-hmm. They're not not quite the same, is they, it? They wouldn't do that now anyway. I think they've mellowed as well. Yeah, yeah. And they need somebody else. They need oh, a new Kelly. One. What, She'd probably beat what you about, up. What about Sharon? Sharon the drugs... Uh... Oh, yeah, Sharon would. Yeah, she, she'd, she'd smear Alina across the cobbles. But you know what? She? She'd, she'd probably beat you up and then she'd be like, nothing personal. <laughs> um, the other line that Fizz says is, you're a pretty girl and if you want to stay that way, you'd better not go near him again or something like that. That's really like cliche that. but quite funny. And, I know. And Alina's just sitting there like, I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, would I... Uh... Yeah. She is, she's the worst one out of all of these because she's like, oh, no, I don't want to have a relationship with Tyrone because of his children. And then the next week she's like... Blah, 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 blah. I know. And she... the worst part of the whole thing was she wasn't even like she could just sit on the bench and kiss him. She had to get them to set up those stupid glasses <laughs> on a stick <laughs> so they could be socially distanced and do it. Hire yeah. two new people. What a... Pel- what a well, a lot of thought went faff. into that snog. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's, this is when Alina leaves and, and Fizz kind of breaks down because she's been having to put on this this front yeah. to try and just to try and save her relationship and make sure that this woman knows to back off. So then we I was a... really I found this really weird because I was kind of like imagining if this was me in this scene and when she sat which, down. Which with role her, are you in? Well, I'm Fizz. You're the wrong. I'm woman. the I'm the one that's been cheated on with a beautiful younger woman. This is the because I'm not the young beautiful woman, am I? So I I just imagine when she started saying, You better stay away from my man, blah blah blah, I was like, God, if that was me, I'd be like, Well, hope you enjoy cleaning dirty underwear and cooking boring pasta dishes for the rest of your life, because I'm going and you can keep him. Sorry, Michael, I would um not have you back. Oh. <laughs> do you think do you think Tyrone would appreciate tripe and meatball soup? Oh That's God. what he'd be getting, isn't it? Maybe if he dated Seb, that's what he'd be getting. <laughs> I don't think Alina was that into it. Um but but, you, can you we, see what I mean? I yeah. was, I, she's really fighting for this relationship. I can't remember whether it was this episode or Monday's episode where Fizz talks about, like, I look in the mirror and, you know, what I see is not the sort of person that anyone's going to find, you know, sexy or attractive. Because she's, she's got a real low self-image, hasn't she? She's got so, a very so, low so self-image. Um, they have made Fizz look like this purposefully. And it's okay to talk about this because Jenny McAlpine does not look like Fizz. 
And I don't want anybody to think that we're body shaming or being horrible about her appearance in the show. It's a very difficult line to to walk down when you're trying to talk about these things. But it is silly to pretend that there's not an element of her physical appearance versus Alina's physical appearance and what that means. And I know that people are trying to pretend that attraction has nothing to do with this, but that is not the case at all. Mm. And they've deliberately made her look more tired. They're dressing her in unflattering, frumpy frumpy clothes. And, you know, we've met Jenny McAlpine before. She is beautiful. She's a stunning woman. And she doesn't look like this. So I don't want anyone to think that when we talk about this, that we're trying to be mean to people. I really don't like talking about what people look like. And you guys hopefully know that from what we've said before. Mm. But she just feels, compared to Alina, deeply unattractive and very, very bad about herself. It's not just about him cheating on her. It's about what does he actually value about me? I thought he didn't care about that that kind of stuff. Mm. And thinking that about yourself must also be quite dispiriting, you know? Mm, yeah. But equally, again, she's a, she's a working mum with two children during a pandemic. She's not that worried about what she looks like. She shouldn't have to be worried about keeping her man on side, putting on, put on a bit of lippy and then your man won't stray. You know what I mean? I know yeah. some some women, especially, seem to be quite critical of, of women who let themselves go in inverted commas. But this is all part of the conversation. This is stuff that we can't skirt around and not talk about because it hurts people's feelings. Mm. There's This is all part of the, the story. This is why this is a really interesting story to me I find this very interesting because I feel like a fizz I feel like somebody who has let myself go who doesn't feel attractive and like feels really guilty about it because you've got to live with a slug woman (laughs) you don't say anything don't say anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think quite often in Coronation Street we watch these stories and it's hard to relate to them and you can see a story can be good without relating to it but when, when you can really see when you feel all the different elements of when it, you feel the it kinship yeah with, this is why can I just also add this is why representation is important on Coronation Street this is why when we say about the Baileys being the first black family and, and yeah that's that's really true actually it's part of that it helps you to feel that you you're connected in a deeper deeper sense mm. and human beings are really good at forging connections with people that we don't have much in common with but you're there's also that extra level that you're going to reach if you feel yourself represented mm. Um, back to the snow. Oh, we we had that lovely scene with Kirk as well. And this is one of Kirk's best <laughs> moments that he's had for a very long <laughs> time because they weren't just yes, trying to make him a, a very doof, good Kirk doofus. Yeah. Just just it, because he and Fizz used to date as well, and, yeah. and they just have a nice kind of bondy scene together. And Fizz says something like, "Oh, I don't know. I didn't realize what I what I lost when I." When we, when we split up or something along those lines because he's just telling her you're lovely Tyrone would be mad to choose Alina over you or he starts to compare <laughs> her hair to an old a dog he says he? you look like Lady Mountbatten Windsor or whatever yeah. and I was like is that some kind of famous red headed aristocrat no, it's a it's a thoroughbred dog. <laughs> but that is the that's a typical that's, Kirk. And that is a typical the really Kirk nice thing about that scene is sweet. that she took it as it was intended, which was as a, a as very a high level in um <laughs> compliment. Yeah, it was really, really <clears throat> nice stuff. Um so Alina comes to the garage later and she's mad at Tyrone because he didn't tell her that it all come out to fizz. And she, and she finds out that Kevin knows it as well about it as well, and she's not too chuffed about that she says we need to stay away from each other from this point onwards 
Yeah, she's kind of all uh, mad at him. Mm. Like, well, you, you kissed him in the gardens. Yep. Um, Chesney comes and visits Fizz later. Not that that's a place on the man's body. Chesney comes and visits Fizz later and he reminds her that um, that you've been through a lot, you and Tyrone, you can get through this. She's not sure, though, whether that's what she, she wants at this point. Chesney. Okay. I, okay, I, Sorry, I always I love Chesney and Fizz together. Yeah. Um, in the factory later, Alina is being shunned by Kurt yeah, and Sally that. wants the gossip. This was great because... <laughs> Kirk's normally really nice to everybody, but then he's like, oh, hello, Kirk, have you got any biscuits? Oh, yeah. He's he's like, no, they're they're all gone. And then he, like, really obviously puts them in his pocket, like, that's the worst insult he can think of. (laughs) And Sally's like, Save them for later. Oh, what's going on here? Um, And he tells her. We have dinner at Speed Up. Yeah, yeah, I think so, I think so, yeah. The dinner at Speed Dial, Tyrone's in the loo and Sally comes in and acts all surprised to hear that they're together. Tyrone and, and Fizz have gone to Speed Dial to... Try and make up. Yeah. Yeah. Sally comes in and is a bit gossipy about it and and she Fizz gets embarrassed that the, the word about her very, very personal humiliation is yes, starting is. to spread. And I mean, now that Sally knows, everyone's going to know about it, she thinks... Um, she she feels like a, a mug. She says she, she feels like a knackered, frumpy, boring mother of two. Alina's everything she's not and kind of yeah. goes home upset. Obviously, I can't relate to this because I'm not a mum. But I do know that a lot of women who are mothers feel like people, not necessarily... Well, their circumstances, but also other people try to just put this label of mum onto them. And like, you know, you're just a mum now. You're just that person who looks after the children and that's all you ever will be and obviously being a mum is something that is a really special thing for lots of people but equally it can feel really limiting and and kind of trapping yeah so I remember there was um, a girl who I used to um, follow on Twitter who had a baby and she was you know lots of people like oh hey how you doing mama you know how's 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 the baby how right how are you doing mum and all this stuff and eventually she's just like can everybody please stop calling me mum and mama and stuff because I'm still the same person that I always was. I'm not your mum. I'm mum to my kid. I know you guys are trying to be nice and everything, but I'm <laughs> not just a mum. Mm. I'm all I was. I'm all I was before, but I'm also a mum on top. And some for some reason, we can't cope with that as a, as a society, can we? We like everything that was there before gets God, replaced. Now you're defined by the yeah. children. Um, Friday, sadly, we didn't get very many scenes. There's only like four or five scenes from this story on Friday. We have um, Fizz tells Tyrone that she's asked... She's t- she tells Tyrone that Roy's babysitting tonight so they can have a nice evening together. So bless her, she's trying her best to try... She she has decided she wants to make a proper well, listen, go of this. She feels guilty that she, maybe she hasn't paid enough attention. Yeah, and so she she organises a nice meal out, but um, he, he ends up not being able to go, doesn't he? And the, at we, lunchtime. Don't, yeah, at lunchtime he says that he can't go and, and she, she goes to see him at the garage after a little chat with Chesney and he thinks that she's spying on him. So there's there's still a bit, <clears throat> a bit of suspicion going on here. This was also when she comes around and she brings him sandwiches yeah. at work. Doesn't and she's like, oh, I, don't, I didn't put Piccalilli in them this time. Because she's like, um, that was like a bit of a, one of these things that like symbolises the whole relationship and all the problems. Because she, she brings him a sandwich. And it's not just that. It's the fact that he doesn't even like Piccalilli. And she's like, oh, I was just trying to use it up. 
Mm. You know, that is kind of depressing. <laughs> that is depressing. But also, equally, from her perspective, very They're practical. practical. Mm. And she's got a budget and she's got children and there's Piccolilli in the jar. Yeah. And you've got a hungry husband. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the episode, Tyrone comes home and she's cooked him some nice humble pie. He promises he's never going to go near Alina again. And mm. it feels like everything is, the end? is okay for now. Because you were saying... You, you kind of I had didn't the get impression. the Im- I yeah I had got the impression that this story this will be is going to continued. Gonna, yeah, it do- it doesn't feel like it's. I'm going to be me. really really upset. I, I have also when I went to this press conference um if this b- b- back in February and um, uh, spoilers. spoilers. I, I, they didn't they didn't really talk about anything beyond this week to be honest. Um, but just I, I just get the impression that it's going to go on a little bit longer, and and it's it came to a head so quickly. <coughs> I mean, in a way, I I don't want it to go on for longer because I love Tyrone and Fizz so much, and I don't like the idea of them splitting up. I want this to be kind of a near miss, and for them to realise that how much they appreciate each other, and then maybe actually get married by the end of the year. Um, but equally, if if this turns into a, a long running affair story or whatever with with Tyrone. And Fizz and Alina, that's then that's great in a way because it means we get more Tyrone and Fizz scenes who mm. are who are very underserved as characters and and it's that they've had the odd story on and off since you know the two thousand and twelve thirteen Tyrone and Kirsty story, but but not much. So I can't maybe I do want it, but as as long as Curry can guarantee that they'll be back together again and you know have got through it stronger by the end of the year, then I I would maybe take it an affair story mm. because he. It, <clears throat> it 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 doesn't feel it it's happened so quickly and the forgiveness is so quickly i think that the the lingering issues are still going to be there well look let's just point out what i think um perhaps is not obvious but i don't know is it it alina's not the problem is it alina's not the it's not alina's fault alina is like the symptom and, and of alina's, something that's rotten in this marriage alina's not um you know She's not a, a femme fatale seductress who seduced Tyrone away from Fizz. No. And um, Tyrone got his head turned very quickly by somebody who was just paying him attention. And um, at the time when he was saying, um, like, what, 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 it wasn't wasn't during the, the big long scene on Monday like before when he's like they were complaining about things that they were getting stuck in a rut and everything. I didn't really believe it, but. The way he was describing it during that big long scene on Monday, again, it felt very, very real. And it, it almost had felt to me before, like, oh, they're just um, engineering these little, you know, these little bits of friction between the two of them so that this could happen. But yeah, the, the way he was describing it felt horribly real and raw to me. Yes, yes. I, I can't, like, I know some people are sort of saying... I don't like the way that um, people are talking about, you know, oh, Tyrone's punching above his weight, trying to go after um, Alina because he's not attractive enough. And, you know, that reflects badly on you if you think that because um, it's it's bad to care about people's looks and attractiveness is not part of... Um, but people's looks shouldn't be a reason that you're with other people. And, you know, that makes you... That makes fizz that makes you horrible to fizz because you're saying she's not as attractive as Lena. Sorry, but the this is the real world that we live in and Alina is more attractive than fizz. She's younger, she's skinnier, she's attra- more attractive. And I, I wish that's that... Such a cute accent. <clears throat> I wish that wasn't true as the complete opposite of that myself, but that's the fact. That's the world that we live in 
And the other fact is that you generally find in couples that people will seek out other people that are of the same kind of attractiveness of them. And that's just how things are. Don't tell me that the way somebody looks is not part of what initially attracts you to them and part of why you stay with them unless you are blind. Are you calling me slow Literally. Man? <laughs> no, that's why I'm worried because you are way more attractive than I am. So... I think so. But yeah, but you, you people tell me say- I've got long, wispy, white sideburns just <laughs> earlier this evening. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Try and make me look like a bad wife. Um, I know I am. This is to this is I'm taking all of this way too personally. I don't like. Oh no, it's like good that you can. It's really nice that we we, we can take this personally. It's just something. Do we need got to go on a invested. husband and wife retreat? No. Oh, right. go camping. <laughs> you just want um, to get out the house. I know, do. <laughs> um, hang on, what else was I going to say? Um, uh, oh, know. lots of people taking Tyrone's side over Fizz. And this is what you uh, said Jenny McAlpine predicted would happen. Yeah, at the press day, there, mm-hmm. there were a few things that came out of that. One of them was that I knew that this scene was coming. However, I thought it was going to be the Fizz and Alina scene that was 18 pages long. Because Jenny said there's this one scene where it's 18 pages and we just go it in one take. And she was also talking about the Fizz and Alina confrontation during it. And I thought that that scene would be that. But I'm really glad it wasn't. I I think that an 18-page scene between those two wouldn't have... Hit well, home hit, is no. hard because it's like they they never have say, scenes yeah. together. They don't have the history. It, it was the it was the long history which really came out in the scene, and you, you can't just shove any two actors together, give them a two hander, and, yeah, and hope, hope to strike works. gold on it. It was yeah, the the these two that had worked together for so long, and oh, it was it was fantastic. Just, the <laughs> the other thing was was yeah. Jenny saying people always take Tyrone's side, but it felt from seeing the social media reaction on Monday that more people were taking Fizz's side, and I there was loads know, of I praise still... for Jenny, and, yes. and, and Jenny even came out of her um, self imposed Twitter um, hiding to say thank you to people for. For, for saying all these lovely things about her and I'm Alan's performance. I'm glad that she's getting recognition for her. But yeah, there were there are definitely still, you know, a, a portion of people well, this that, is what I'm saying. that are on Tyrone's side. And it's fair enough, you can take whoever side you want. But I mean, this is what I'm saying about it. This is why it's a really fascinating story because depending on where you are in life and what your relationship is like and who you are as a person and, and you know, maybe even if you're a man or a woman, um, it depends on... That, that will change how you see this story. And that's what's really interesting to me. Because I saw on our Facebook page quite a lot of people saying, you know, oh, Fizz doesn't deserve Tyrone. She's really mean to him. And that's when it gets upsetting to me. Because I, I can be quite... Uh, my, my sense of humour, um, I think, you if you don't know me that well and you just listen to my jokes, you would think that I was a really mean person. But that's just my... I wish I could be funny in a different way. <laughs> but that's, my, that's See, just where my sense of humour is. I don't think that Fizz is that mean. I don't think she's either. I think either, that they're but... just so comfortable with each other. They've been teasing each other. I've said that She in was the past, really like... intensely teasing him. And, like, the fact that she was laughing at the idea that he and Alina could ever be together before she realised they kissed one another was quite insulting to Tyrone, really. Yeah, but he's just as bad. Because he he he, teased, he was teasing Evelyn about Arthur, wasn't he last mm. year? They just it just it's a panther. I just pant. watch them and I don't see anything sinister or weird about the way that they interact with one no, another. No, nor do I. No, no. And maybe some people have different relationships with their with their um, partners because I know some people just and I don't want to be mean, but some people just do not have a sense of humour and they don't care about jokes and they don't make jokes and they don't really want to hear jokes. Um, but that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, what else? Yeah, I mean, and, and I haven't heard, I haven't heard a lot of people saying that 
uh, talking about Alina in this. I don't know what you think about her in this. I think she's really awful. <laughs> she, she, uh, yeah, she just doesn't seem to be that important a player in it, which is good in a way, because this, this is, is a yeah, Tyrone and Fizz story. This is why it's... This she is just me, seems to have got kind of caught up along with it. I don't want to be... like I don't, wanna, I don't know what Alina thinks. Yes, she's a blank space. Um, and that's not try, trying to be mean about the character, but literally she's like the cipher in the story. She's the, she's the, you know, the, the thing that Tyrone projected stuff onto. Mm. And all it really was, was somebody's paying attention to me and thinks that I'm a good person. And it's really, it is really interesting because they're both of them. I don't think Tyrone can hold his hand up and say, I spend a lot of time looking after my wife Fizz and I, or my girlfriend Fizz and I care about her and what she's up to. I think that in a, it feels to me like he expects her to do all the running around after him. She's already, um, I think, doing quite a lot of the um, Yeah, you get the impression stuff. that she's, yeah, she's Just, running the place. Um, he goes out, he fixes his cars, comes back, He definitely, You've definitely seen him doing stuff with the girls and cooking and, and stuff. But, you know, just on the basis of... Um, some might say stereotypes, some might say sexism, some might say actual statistics, you can assume that she's doing the majority of the housework. Mm. Because factually, that's that's the case for most couples in the in the country, and yeah. it's only got worse over lockdown. If this thought, if this, um... so you know, what? Why is it her responsibility to keep the magic alive and make sure the piccalilli gets eaten by somebody that isn't Tyrone? <laughs> you know, I mean, is he that important? Is he the king of the castle that he can't eat some piccalilli and say you look nice today, Fizz? <laughs> when was the last time he gave her a compliment? Isn't... Well, he was. That's what he was doing on Wednesday, wasn't it? Like telling her her hair looked nice and everything to try and make it. Yeah, it was so fake, though. Yeah, the whole thing. This, this, that. Even her bringing him the sandwiches mm. just felt really like it felt really rotten to watch, actually, because it was like you, you guys, this isn't right. You're struggling, and it's sad to see you struggle to see how to relate to your, to your partner. Mm. If if the if the, the affair does continue, um, do you think that? Tyrone will be vilified more, and Alina even. Will they? Will it go down one of these kind of sleazy affair routes, or will we kind of feel sorry for Tyrone that he he is you know so uncomfortable and 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 unhappy and feeling so unfulfilled in his relationship with Fizz that it's worse, we'll give him it? a give him a pass or something? Because the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and maybe we mentioned it last, I think we did, but obviously this is not the first time Tyrone has. So that all like, had some kind of yeah relationship. that got mentioned in today's episode. So didn't he, it? when Fizz and Tyrone broke up on a, a temporary break, they was they were on a break, and he slept with Gemma. And I've seen a lot of people saying, "How come this wasn't a big deal?" Um, when she slept, when he slept with Gemma, because that, actually that's worse. Sleeping with somebody's worse than kissing somebody. The difference is that they were broke. They were sort of split up at the time. Mm. Um, and every and some people sort of saying that you know it's sexist for the show to make out that it's worse because it's Alina because she's more pretty and it's you know it's it's not very progressive and feminist of them to say it's worse to kiss a pretty girl than it is to sleep with somebody who's not as pretty. Mm. But the fact of the matter is that by choosing Alina to 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 go with rather than Fizz or somebody like Fizz, he's rejecting completely. Everything that she thought he 
cared about and everything that he she thought was important to him like all of the hard work and the time that she spent and the care that she's taken and you know raising his kid alongside hers and making her home cooking him his humble pies and making piccalilli sandwiches that is not as important to him as the fact that Alina's prettier Mm. so that's why it hits differently and you know I would put Gemma in the same category of looks and I don't like doing this but this this is what the the story is partly about as Fizz. Yeah. And the show does this on purpose and the wardrobe and the makeup departments do this on purpose mm. because we know both these women and I have to keep saying it because I don't want people to get the wrong idea because I know that they love doing that. This is what they what the show wants you to think about these two characters. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned the uh, the kids earlier which is interesting that we've not really talked about them much so far and they they are really really lacking from this story. They're not very noticeable, noticeable by their yeah. absence. Even because... during the even during the the big scene on Monday, it took a long time for Fizz to even mention them. It raises the question like a, of, you know, the thought. obvious thing would be if they were to split up, then Fizz would take hope and Tyrone would take Ruby. And I thought feels so so bad for that it's because really Ruby upsetting and Hope and I know sisters. they have their arguments and everything and one tries to accuse the other of arson and everything and um, but... but they're sisters <laughs> you know and yeah. they they've raised they've been raised been to raised. believe you know that they they are sisters well yeah especially especially um Ruby because she she's literally all her life never she's... known anything else no and then to imagine that you know just cuz suddenly Tyrone feels like Fizz isn't making him nice sandwiches and is being mean about him He's going to go off and split up the whole family. Mm. They they need to have the girls. Um, and Alina, is she prepared for Tyrone. for um to to look after. Yeah, exactly. Ruby? Well, she's not even thought uh, about it. This is what really annoys me, and I'm really sorry. And it's not just women who do this; men who cheat as well. Cheating with somebody who's in, who's got a family, and who has children, I can't see how you can defend yourself. Mm. I know totally. I. Very much agree. I think. I mean, it's bad enough if you've got a cat. Who uses the cat coat? <laughs> I think we have said all we need to say about this storyline for now. Needless to say, very, <clears throat> very, 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 very much enjoyed it. Awesome job by all involved. Now let's move on to <sighs> the Leanne of Duty story, which is also quite good as well. Yeah, Gemma, I feel like I'm going out of energy now. I'll pass that over to you to, to remind mm. our dear listeners what happened here this week. So, on Monday, Simon tells Leanne that Natasha's back. What? And she comes into the factory, does Natasha, to see Nick, and it seems like the fact that they're living together is going all right. Mm. And she leaves, Leanne comes in, she's all wary and stuff, and she's like, oh, you look very cosy. And then she gets a beeping, and she has to leave because she's been summoned to the drugs. Sam's got the science fair, and... Um, Natasha says to Nick, like, I don't... I don't have to go if it's all if it's awkward because she. Why she's the mum? She's the she's the she was the mum before he came along. Why would it be awkward for her to go to a science fair? I don't get it. Well, it was just about the you know Nick Nick and Sam have been bonding all this time the last couple of months. Maybe and... she's maybe she's saying oh I don't want us to look like we're the yeah we're the parents, I think it's that like the mum and dad like yeah. even though they are. But yeah, she because she gives him this lingering look when he like if only we were. Which is which is odd. She's she yeah she has started. She suddenly for him decided that out she of wants... nowhere. Yeah. I think she's just realised, you know... We could be a family. Yeah, we've we got a nice little setup here. He's been a super dad to Sam all this time and uh, I'm starting to remember why I liked him back then and forget, conveniently forget all of the... All, all, of, the, all of the reason why I, um... You know, went, Didn't like him. Yeah, yes. went postal on the, the, his whole yes. family when I left. 
Leanne is running into her car with an envelope of money. She's in a fresh coast car park, or maybe it's the hospital car park. You can tell these days. There's a knock at the window, and it's PC Rowland. Oh dear, he's trying, and she's like, "Oh no!" She's got this envelope of cash in her hand. She's like, "Hide it quickly!" And he's like, "Oh, hello, hello, lady. Um, there's been some carjacking reported recently, and I just want to know if you've seen anything dodgy." Now, here's a point that Coronation Street hasn't made, but just perhaps you might like to um, think about this. How different is this to how um, Grace mm. and Michael were treated the last time they had an interaction with the police? Oh, yeah. Here's Leanne actually committing a crime. Yeah. And, she... and the policeman's like, hello, nice white lady. Mm. Have That's you seen any point. crimes? And she's like, no, I haven't. Well, she even makes a joke about it, doesn't she? Because like, she stalls the car later. The one and only scene that was in that segment of the episode that wasn't the Fizz and Tyrone scene is her trying to escape cape and then she stalls the car and he's like have you driven this before and she's like oh no I just nicked it which is the thing that's quite funny if Grace said that would she get pulled out the car and arrested yeah it's it's something to think about Um, so she's like yeah she leaves Um, Mm. it's a really awkward conversation because she's like oh I don't know where I am I was trying to get to the motorway and he, he looks at her like you're in completely the wrong place. Like that. Mm. Anyway, just, he helps her on her that, way. That just reminded me that the fact that that's one scene took the whole half of the episode, the Fizz and Tyrone one, it reminded me very much of that um, Lena Nelsie scene back from when she just returned from America after being, was she done by Steve Tanner or well, something? Well, she just didn't get on and with the Americans. And there was fantastic... <laughs> Elsie and Len scene where she opens up and, and that felt yeah. incredibly raw and realistic. Yes. And then you, you know, they, we, they have their differences, yeah. of course. But this is why saying. we're saying that, that Fizz and Tyrone really felt like a timeless scene mm. as far as Coronation Street is concerned. They need to do more they need to do more like that more often. Because it's it, just dialogue. I, mean, with, I know I know we're talking about a different story and we keep going back, but it really just is such a simple story. Mm. And it's such a universal story. And even if you haven't been cheated on or cheated on someone, you can still imagine yeah. that situation. Anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted. Back to Leanne. So anyway, Leanne goes back to the flat and Harvey's like, well done, you passed your trial period. Um, I'm very impressed. Um, I think you need a costume so that you can blend in as a pillar of the community, like a postman or something. And she's like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And he says, you haven't got any choice. I don't know whether he's pulling her leg hair. I don't think you need a costume, especially when you're going to wear a giant coat over it so nobody can see it. This is what I thought, because it took until today for us to even see Leanne wearing this costume. I wondered whether Jane Danson was like, no, I'm not wearing a nurse's costume or something, because they they cover this up so much on Wednesday. When I I sit, because I sit in my home office and I, I see the road and people walk up and down all day long. And the only time I ever really pay attention to them is when it's a nurse, because you do see nurses because they come and do home visits around this area because mm. there's quite a lot of old people that live around here. And you, I notice when I see a nurse and I don't notice anybody else. So why would you wear a nurse's <laughs> outfit? Um, so I think he's pulling her leg. Anyway, she goes and pinches Ab- um, Abby's uniform. I've written Abby's. Aggie. It's actually Aggie's uniform <laughs> off of the line. Yeah, she gets um, the, uh, the overalls from the garage. <laughs> Um, Sam's presentation's gone well if you were worried about that don't worry Um, he wants Nick to take him to the astronomy centre as a reward and Nick accepts because he thinks he's talking about astrology and he's just wondering how his year's going to (laughs) go the family bonding's going very well and Leanne is watching them from the road from uh, up on high she's given up spotting um, red vans now she's just watching happy families yeah what do you think that Mystic Meg would have uh, in store for Capricorns if uh, Nick went round to visit um as a 
a blonde lady will be visiting you too. <laughs> Wednesday. Which, well, which blonde are you going to end up with, Nick? That's the main <laughs> question. On Wednesday, Harvey calls in with another delivery. She's like, no, I don't want to do it. And he's like, shut up, moaning, get on with it. I love that. He's, he's got no he doesn't care. time for any moaning. She is just he, he like... It's like, this is how we're doing it. She must be the one that gives him the most amount of trouble out of everybody. Yeah. Because she still has got this middle-classy privilege of like, no, I'm not going to do a crime. Whereas, you know what I mean? Mm. That's what I'd be like. No, I'm not doing a crime. I'm a good lady and lovely. And the police (laughs) help me when I'm stuck. So, um, she, she's, yeah, she gets told to do it and shut up. Nick and Natasha are chatting on the phone. And she says, I got Rocky, I got Rocky V and hot dogs. Michael didn't like this, but I thought it was was Rocky versus something. Yeah, well, I thought it was funny. Nick tells Toya that he's not making progress. What does that mean? And she's, oh, he's not making progress. Um, Nick. uh, I'll have a uh, word. Oh, about trying to find out what's going on with Leanne or something. Yeah, Nick. Nick's trying to get to the bottom of uh, uh, of of what's upsetting Leanne because he wants uh, to move back in Nick with her, doesn't he? Nick tells Toya that he wants to find out what's going on with Leanne, but yeah. he's not able to. And yeah. she's like, "I'll talk to her. Don't worry." Leanne finds Harvey in the flat later. He's come round, and he gives her two packages of drugs, and he sees her costume, and she's like, "This is the last time I'm ever going to do this." And he's like, "No, it's not. You're my drugs meal now. Just deal with it." Um. They go outside together and Toya sees Leanne getting into the car with, with Harvey looking really shady. So she goes to the bistro and tells Imran and he says, don't worry about it, it's probably nothing. You should keep your nose out. Then we see Leanne getting off a tram and a woman follows after and this is one of the cliffhangers. Oh, a man's collapsed at the tram stop and you're a nurse, come and help. And she runs away. She's like, I can't do anything. Call an ambulance. Yeah, this and is another thing where I was like, how can you tell that she's a nurse? She's literally she nothing about her, her appearance up. at the moment. But she must like have had her coat open at one point. I guess so. So, um, she, and then we find out the man has died mm. at, at later. It's all, it's all Leanne's fault. fault. <laughs> um, Nick asks Toya about Leanne and she says, I saw her with somebody. It seemed like it was important, but I didn't want to interrupt. And Nick's very concerned about this. Um, Meanwhile, we get Natasha talking to David about how great she's getting on with Nick. And he's like, isn't it just temporary, though? Um, he's, he kind of says it in a threatening way. Yeah, like, like don't he, get he, too cosy, because yeah. he's already sorted. Mm. So once the Anne's found out this guy's died, she's like, oh, no, oh, no. And Harvey's like, get over it. Don't worry about it, because they're back in the flat together. And then Nick buzzes up, and she's like, Harvey, you've got to hide, you've got to hide. And he's like... He looks really disgusted about this, but he does actually go and hide in one of the bedrooms. And Leanne's trying to get rid of him. Nick, he comes up, and but he sees Harvey's jacket and says, who's that jacket belong to? It's not, it's not Simon's. Whose is it? And she's like, I can't tell you. None of your business. Get out. You need to go. And he gets all upset and he's like, oh, if that's what you want. And he leaves. And Harvey comes in after Nick's gone and wants to get down to the business about the drug stuff. Then Natasha sees Nick in the factory and she says, I want to know what's the deal between us. Are we just friends? Are we, are we, we were kindling something here. What's happening? I want to know where I stand. And he says that I do like you and everything. And she's like, well, in that case, 
you should probably start looking for somewhere else to live, please. Like that. Yeah, he's uh, he's not. He basically rejects in... her, and she's like, "Well, fine then. If that's not where this is going, then I don't need to stay mm. living here." So Toya's like, "Ooh, interesting." Um, then Leanne gets another message with an address from Harvey, and she goes off, and we think we wonder where she's going to. We think she's going to make this delivery, but when we see where she's arrived, it's the police station, and she says, "I've heard to report a crime," um, and she gets arrested. <laughs> Because she basically really says, I, I was dealing drugs. And they're like, that's actually illegal. And she's like, but it wasn't my fault. And they put her in the jail anyway. Nick goes and sees David. He's a bit drunk. He says he's been kicked out by Natasha. And David says, oh, maybe it was my fault. <laughs> Weeps. On Friday, we get to see Leanne shivering in a little blanket in her jail cell, looking all worse for her, don't we? Mm. Um, Simon comes home and he can't, he doesn't know where Leanne is. She's not there. She's left a message on the answer phone. Why on the house answer phone? This is what I want to know. Yeah, that's weird. That's actually weird. Is this just admitting she doesn't know Simon's mobile number off by heart, but she knows her own house phone, perhaps? That that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Surprised Simon even knew what the little blinking red light on the house phone was. She says she's got a doctor's appointment, which is a lie because she's in an interview. Right at that very moment, being grilled about drugs. And she's crying. She doesn't know what to say. The police officer's a bit mean. Um, Simon goes and confides in Nick that Leanne's not coping and that she actually didn't go anywhere at Christmas. She just hid in the house. And um, then we get to see Leanne talking to the police officer and she says, it wasn't Simon, he didn't do anything. Um, the bike, there's bike stuff, threats, blah, blah, telling telling him everything. Yeah, I she, couldn't report she, Harvey because I was worried about Simon. She, I just need to leave. Does she know that Simon has been involved in dealing some drugs because he did that drop off for the lady in the in the car didn't he that was just know. the test and and also he obviously gave the, those drugs to Kelly as well I don't that know. put her in hospital um well he goes he's like right fine I'm going to go and talk to somebody about this comes back and he says you didn't tell us the whole truth about Simon I need more evidence so I can I can sh- shut Carvey down permanently I need you to be our chiz um so yeah basically he's saying all i've got here is a bunch of drugs and a phone number that's not connected to anybody there's no re there's nothing here that says harvey is involved in any of this so you're gonna have to gather evidence for us to be able to prove that he's he's linked otherwise you're going down and you and you went you're going down like that Simon, meanwhile, still worried about where Leanne is. And Nick says, what about that guy from yesterday? And Simon's like, what do you mean? What guy? And he says, um, I came round and she was hiding a man. And he realises that it's Harvey, I think. Simon does. Yeah, think, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he doesn't tell Nick, I don't think. Leanne says, fine, I'll be a chiz. Um, I know what that is now. I don't see, She doesn't have any choice. And they're like, fine, we'll guarantee your safety. And I think they say she's not going to get in trouble because basically she's gonna go to prison if she doesn't mm. do this so uh and so will simon harvey comes around to see her and he says where were you you didn't answer the phone what were you doing and she just kind of like tries to dodge the questions <laughs> she's like she's really funny because she she either hasn't thought of a lie or she's like i can't i can spy on people and i can deal drugs but lies i draw the line <laughs> at that line of duty um simon sees leanne coming out of the flat and follows her and she ends up in Kitchener Street and, and then she stands there and she unzips her coat like the tiniest like amount like a palm's width 
amount to show that she's a nurse. And somehow that makes it less conspicuous that she's standing <laughs> in an alleyway with with her hands in her pocket. I just love that the alleyway was she was just standing around the back of the cafe, wasn't she? I think that this is another case of we're not really supposed to know where it is. No. But that is round the back You're of the cafe. You're always pointing this out. I can't I help think... it in the brewery. So I, Roy was getting a delivery or something. Yeah, he's, she, he's like, this is why people love these bacon sandwiches because they're mm-hmm. all covered in crack. If, if, I remember when, when Sylvia made those hash brownies, they went around down really well with the customers. Yeah, so that's some more of those, please. Roy's just been on permanent supply ever yeah. since. Um, so she sees that Simon's seen her and she fro- she freezes. And Simon's like, are you back on the game? I love that. <laughs> Which makes me wonder why he links nurses' outfits to prostitutes or sex workers. Well, it's just a sexy costume, I think he's it? been watching... He's been on the wrong websites on the <laughs> internet. He needs to go into something a bit more... A more wholesome. Yeah. I don't think there is anything like that on the internet anymore. There is there. <laughs> um, she tries to get rid of him. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm being looked after. You can't be here. Um, she They go home and she tells him everything about the fact that she's a chiss. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, I know what I that is. I don't know what that is. He's terrified. If Harvey finds out, they're going to both end up dead. So she says, Simon, you, I never gave birth to you, but you're just as much my son as Oliver was, and I will do anything I can to protect you. And he says, I I believe you, but Harvey has got an extensive network of dangerous cronies. This won't be easy. I, I like how it kind of this story ended with those two as a united front. Um, United you know, in idiocy. It's been her kind of going off doing her thing yeah, and him has doing been. his thing. It's been and... basically the pair of them dropping each other in it for like months. And now they've got to the stage where neither of them can actually make it worse for each other. So they mm. have to unite to try to get themselves out of all the mess that they've gotten themselves into. Yeah, I, I, I do like this new angle of her being the, the chiz because <laughs> I think up until... Are we not just say informant or what was the... What did it Mole. used to be? Yeah. Didn't you, why do they have to make up all these silly with, words? Corey's not the one that's calling them. I know that. they're not. I thought that with this story, I was get, I was starting to get a little bit bored of it. And yeah. I think it was because we were hearing about all the danger that Leanne was, and Simon, I guess, was potentially mm-hmm. getting into, but we never got to see much of it. And I do think that Harvey is is actually, is doing a very good job as a intimidating villain and the fact that he doesn't take any nonsense from Leanne and when she tries to pull out of it, he's like, no way. I'll tell you but what I quite like about... Sorry. It Karen. just didn't... It's the, the whole thing hasn't felt particularly dangerous and I think we need to, mm. we need to see more evidence okay. of what Harvey's capable of. Like, we hear that Jacob's had his legs broken but we've not seen any of it. We... we 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 hear it's about Leanne going off to all these dangerous places to deliver the drugs, but we don't get to see any of it. Yeah, we got to see her shiver outside that 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 street on tonight's episode, but I'm just not feeling uh, the threat that Leanne's under. It's because they can't show a lot of these things because of COVID. Yeah. But one thing I will say that I was going to say, which is almost completely the opposite of what you just said, is that I actually really quite like the fact that Harvey isn't just a cookie-cutter thug of the week coronation street and he actually is quite a human kind of he almost reminds me a little bit like of of, a, of david if he was a drug dealer like <laughs> the fact that he was able to be forced into the bedroom to hide when nick came up yeah and he just moaned about it like you can imagine like one of these kind of like super villains of coronation street just just sitting there at the like going I'm not moving you'll have to think of something and like sitting at the table like cleaning their fingernails with a great big bowie knife when (laughs) Nick came in and Leanne's like oh he's just come to fix the lecky or something (laughs) Um, but he just kind of like buggered off didn't he yeah 
Um, and he and he kind of like the the way that he kind of has a little bit of banter with her, or like he's like, shut up and do what I tell you. Mm. He's not like if you don't do what I say, I'm going to cut your eyes out and feed them to your son. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not that. He's not like super. Um, oh. He's not like a cartoonish villain. Okay? No, no, I don't. But what I will say is, I think this is all a bit of a ploy on Coronation Street's part to kind of humanise him a little bit so that when we actually... I think we're going to see him do something really horrible at some so. point. I hope and so, when we do, so when we do, it's going to be even more shocking because we have seen a bit of a more human side of this character and he's not just been just relentlessly villainous the whole time. Mm. So if some... I think if somebody shows you a bit more of a human side, not that I'm saying he's a good guy, of course, he's he's not being portrayed as that at all. He's definitely being portrayed as a villain. Um, but once you've seen somebody's human side, if they then turn around and do something very inhumane and shocking, it's even more of a gut wrench, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. I just like hope nobody's... it comes soon because, like, yeah, it was just getting a bit mm, so far. Let's, I quite like. I, I think it's good. Darkness. It's a slow if, Kate, burn. if Kate Oates was in charge of the storyline, I think it'd be a bit darker at this mm. point. I think it's a slow burn with Harvey. Mm. I, I, I think he's in it for a long haul, don't you? I don't know. Yeah, it feels like it to me. Mm. It, it, the story has turned a new corner now, um, and I'm enjoying the fact that Leanne's an informant. I think that that's. That's, that's given a uh, new, new breath of life to it. I thought the nurse stuff was quite funny. I was a bit confused about why, why, she why got... Aggie had her um, uniform on the line outside yes. number three when she's been you know, living with anti-corona for the past couple of months. Like, exactly. is, is, it, is she coming back soon? And Ed's like, oh, oh we have to clean been, up the house. I have oh, to do the washing. Yeah. for four weeks. <laughs> yeah, basically. But anyway, um, and, and would, uh, would Leanne fit into Aggie's nursing outfit? I don't know. But. It reminded me of that scene in Austin Powers when what Liz Hurley, what's her character's name? Um, Agent Vanessa Kensington. She goes in. They both beat up like a really fat lady and a really tall lady and go into the toilets and then come out wearing perfectly fitted clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think. Uh, what, what do you think about the fact that Leanne is is doing this for Simon? I, I think it's quite admirable. I like how she's proving that she's still. Um, a mum to him and that, that little scene they had at the end where she was like I didn't give birth to you but you're just as much a son to me as Ollie was that was an important was... thing to remind him of because she really has not been a very good mm. very good at portraying that to him over the past few months do you think that she should just <sighs> this is what she should have done from the very beginning basically all she's done is made it so that there's so many things that they've already done wrong that they really couldn't do anything else apart from go to the police mm. Yeah, so it's, it's all it's all good. I'm I'm not as interested in the slightest at the whole relationship angle of it. And like Harvey hiding, um, you said was kind of showing a bit more of a human side to him. Um, but it was it was really to to stoke the fires of oh, the, yeah. the the, the, the Nick, Nick, Nick and... Leanne Natasha love triangle kind of thing. And and maybe he's <sighs> maybe Nick is gonna fall for Leanne possibly. See, this is the trouble, not okay. Leanne, Natasha. Oh, I just want to say something. Um, this is the trouble that the Coronation Street gets into, I think, sometimes, where they can't just have a story without tacking on some kind of artificial relationship drama. Mm. And all it does is makes... It's like 
seems to split their focus between what the plot is supposed to be and the relationship problem. Yeah. And this is why the Fizz and Tyrone stuff is more interesting to me, even though I don't generally like the relationship drama stuff, because it actually is a story about their relationship and about them and who they are as people and what their relationship is like mm. in the show. Whereas you could take any characters here and, you know, I just feel like there's something special about the Leanne, Nick and Natasha setup which couldn't have been done given a few extra months for anybody else. You know, yeah. she's she's just come back in the show very recently. It just feels like an artificial... It's like it's like Lego block building of, of plots and you build a little wall and then you just stick on the top. You just go, relationship problem. Mm. We don't need it. We didn't need it in the story to make it interesting. You, it was already interesting. Are you just assuming, as I am, that Nick and Leanne will get back together and it'll be fine at the end? No, I still, no, I I still wonder what's going to happen to Natasha because... I I'd be sad if Nick couldn't be a dad to Sam, but it feels like the only way that he can be a dad to Sam at the moment is if either he's with Natasha or or Natasha gets killed, which was part of our New <laughs> yeah. Year's predictions, wasn't it? Maybe maybe she's gonna maybe find Harvey. herself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, maybe that's gonna be the the test, the the show of just how dangerous this situation is. Natasha's gonna be the victim. I made a joke earlier about Nick picking which blonde he was going to go with, but isn't it kind of interesting that they both, Leanne and Natasha, have very similar hair from behind? Oh, Blonde, short hair with a bit of curl to it. So Is, is uh, there a possibility that perhaps she's gonna be... a rival gang from Harvey will see uh, their drugs mule? At one point, do you think, mm. I know what's going to happen. What? Leanne will be like, Natasha, we got off on the wrong foot here. Feel really bad about how I treated you. Come round for some wine. Drink the wine. Have a lovely time. Oh, I prefer red. So do I. It stains clothes more. Don't you think? Yes, it does. Oh, no. Uh, Natasha, I've just spilt wine all over you. How you can't go home like that. What can I give you to wear? How about this nurse's uniform that I use yeah. to do my drugs? And then she'll go home with a nurse's uniform on. <laughs> and someone Maybe. will be like, help me. Oh, my- I quite like that theory. <laughs> Natasha gets... Help me, or there's a man dead at the tram stop. Natasha has some collateral damage. That, that could work up very, very well. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, right, let's move on to the Tully sales <laughs> and marketing story, which is... Uh, we're on to the, the smaller stories now. We, we, the street talk's been going on for, for quite a bit already, but we're on to That's the... That's because we basically had a mini ones. marriage counselling session at the beginning. Yeah. Do you feel okay? Yeah, I got, you got all right shoes off our me? chest. No, you're all right for, okay, the, for the time being. <laughs> So Monday's episode kind of starts off with, with Sean and Gemma having a bit of a sniping session in the morning at the house. We we find she she's still mad at him for all everything that he's doing with this MLM uh, MLM thing, and mm-hmm. we also find out that this swishy car that Ridian's bought him he hasn't driven no, yet. He's renting he's, for him. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He's terrified of scratching it or something or other like that, and so he meets up with Ridian. Um, in the pub later, and I'm still loving every scene that Ridian is in. It's because of his lovely voice. He he does have a lovely voice, but he I just love how he's he is very using his he's a, so overtly using his sales techniques to yeah. butter Sean up, and Sean is falling, falling for it. He, yeah, doesn't realise at all. So he gets him talking about this dream house. In fact, Sean has found a very nice Grade Two listed building, and oh. get this, Gemma, fake grass on the balcony, like in a grocer's. Oh my god! It's a god. shame that we bought a house already now, isn't it? Because if I'd known about this one, I'd have been, you know. Well, I mean, it it's a steal for three hundred and fifty grand mm. um, in the centre of town. Yeah. And does it have how many bedrooms? I can't remember. I don't um, remember. But 
wow, what a price. <laughs> but he kind, of, he kind of gives up on that, doesn't he, later in the weekend? Because he finds this red bank one. But anyway, I, I just I just thought the line about the green, the fake grass was quite funny. Just, I have seen so many hideous... Uh, I don't want to offend anybody who puts fake grass in their garden, but why have a garden? I've seen so many people put down AstroTurf in their garden. It just... I despair of you. So, Ridian encourages Sean <laughs> put to... Put down pebbles or something. Ridian encourages Sean to keep his eyes on the prize and he's like, yeah, if you if you keep doing this, then one day I can see you there. And he just bigs him up about he's, how he's the best salesman ever. Is I know, so it's so crazy. Fake, Sean can't see it. How can you go from homeless to to buying by yourself a £350,000 house? Mm-hmm. With no deposit. That's the thing, it's ridiculous, but Ridian is a, is a very persuasive man. Well, Sean gets a new um, partner in crime. Did I say £350? No, you said 1000 350000 Sean gets a new partner in crime this week, which yes, is Daisy. Does. Now, this I, was great. Given something different perfect. to do, yes. because you know, not just we're not talking about, about Johnny, Johnny anymore. Don't know who knows what's going on with Johnny. And at the she, moment. honestly, she's a psychopath. Yeah, she, ba- she just basically says, oh, "There's somebody I, I like ripping people off. There's all these <laughs> these muppets in the world that I, I want to rip off. Sign me uh, up." I don't know. Does she this just, make she... me feel better? Because I've I've seen people try. Like I literally tried to get somebody tried to scam me just a minute ago by pretending to be my friend on Facebook, um, pretending to be a friend of mine, not pretending to be my friend. Um, <laughs> and I always feel like I feel a bit bad for them because I think this must really wear down your soul to 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 try to steal money off people all day long. But, you know, maybe I don't feel bad for them anymore. If they're like Daisy, and she must be... She would be the sort of person who'd be sitting at home, like, cackling with glee. Yeah. Going, oh, just just follow this link and download this app. Mm. And follow your bank details. I think Sean just likes to not think about the fact that he's hurting people. He just got. He his... doesn't think of it as ripping people off, but she knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And, and yeah proudly says it as well yeah that was a really i don't think people are normally that what's the word cutthroat about it or even um i don't think they really so what's the word where you realize something about yourself like she completely understands that she's a psychopath mm. and, and they do uh, from what i've seen of people they don't generally tend to know yeah um so sean tries to get abby on board with w- double glammy later but she points out that she's only got one lipstick that she only wears on special occasions so sean goes back to daisy and that would be the red one yes Sean goes back to Daisy and tells her about this seminar that he's supposed to be talking about on Wednesday. Ridian can't come because he's double booked, so Daisy offers to come along and help. And I was kind of looking forward to seeing this MLM seminar, but like Leanne going off to do all her drugs delivering off screen and everything, we didn't get to see any of this. They it's come not very from... COVID safe to have makeup uh, sessions. I know, I just, I, it felt like, it you know, in, in, in non COVID times, maybe we'd get a chance to see this and we just had to use our imaginations and, and hear the, re- the, the account of how it went, which was, all very well apparently and oh, Ridian they, they even though, even though Ridian goals. wasn't able to go along to take part in it he was he, he knew what happened and he comes in big and Sean up full of praise uh, giving Sean this brochure for Red Bank Apartments and says I know a guy who's leasing these so if you want you put your name down then it's yours basically and um, it, it, it carries on doing very well because five people have signed up later Daisy can't wait to get on this herself and rinse some poor Muppet she says <laughs> And um, Eileen is not very impressed by this behaviour and Sean's new friend. And they have a little bit of a falling out, which is um, they, they make up by the end of Fridays, don't they, Sean? Because Sean and Eileen unite in teasing Billy. Yeah. I think that um, Sean's fallen on his feet here because, isn't it called a downline? 
So the whole point of this of these MLM schemes is not just to sell the items that you are given to sell. So you buy them off of the company, then you have to shift them for more than you sold them for. But the way to make money properly is to get a downline. Mm. And those are people that you recruit to sell under you and you get a percentage of their sales. Oh, right. So she, he's falling on his feet getting Daisy... If he can get her, instead yeah, of being her, his maybe, partner to maybe sell she's with gonna him, be the... she needs to get underneath him because she's exactly the sort of vulture who would be able to recruit her own little gang and then Sean would get their cut as well. Mm. That's how it works. You filter all the way up. So she's also the sort of person who you can imagine has got a massive gaggle of like girly girlfriends who all are into makeup and everything and you can just imagine her sitting at home on her facebook going hi babe how you doing been thinking of you recently i know pandemic's been really tough for everyone so just wanted to say to you if you want to earn a bit more money in your spare time why don't you try this new double glammy stuff it's so amazing (laughs) i can get you hooked up right now with a really low amount of investment and you'll be making loads of money like me soon i sold so much my friend's got a brand new car. Hey, anyway, babes, just let me know if you want to make a load of money. Kiss, kiss, face, bye. I'm just glad that she's got something else to do. Yeah, that Daisy. is. Daisy, that's not bad mouthing Johnny. But if it... you were ever in any doubt as to whether she is supposed to be a capital B bitch, mm. now you know that she is. Definitely, definitely is. Um, I, I enjoyed and we need her... people like this. Yeah, I enjoyed her scene talking about how Sean got. Violet pregnant and she was like is oh, it, was yeah. it a turkey baster thing which I think it kind of was from he didn't really explain it what did he say he got to the he airport said... but didn't get past the duty free or something that's weird what do you mean did you <laughs> use know, a Toblerone I don't know oh <laughs> <Grim. laughs> um, yeah I... so he he basically spends all of Friday looking at savers on the internet which is kind of like what I've been doing recently da- Daisy is still coming across as very 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 one dimensional to me but no I quite I still like her I think that I, I'm just glad that they've Given us something different Who's to do. Who called a young princess die? Um, Abby. That was what. Oh yeah. That was what Sean said, and she said, "You want a smack?" Brilliant response. Great. Um, oh, and I also like. Uh, They've Billy's... already cast Kirsten Stewart in the movie. Okay, so I liked Billy's line about. Was it Billy that said that Sean's going to get whiplash one of these days? Flouncing and he off. Flouncing off behind the rope Excellent. as well. Anyway, that that was okay. It was ticking along nicely. This story. It's not. You know. It's not going to be the A story. It's not going to win any awards but it's fine it's a bit different it's got some characters that we don't see very much yeah i'm really happy that they've kind of given um daisy something new to do like you said i think that she's got potential to be a really good antagonist there aren't very many of those characters on the street at the moment who are just antagonists for everybody todd is another one who's a major antagonist Mm. um but coronation street really needs people to be at odds with one another and you know, I mean, Mike Bolden was probably one of the greatest antagonist characters mm. on the street ever, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. He's always in opposition. Whatever you wanted to do, he'd and be love there. And Yeah. With his cigar. Is Daisy the new Mike Bolden? I don't think it's... Uh, we can quite <laughs> say that. She's into business. Mm. She does... She breaks out a cigar you, you, and starts <laughs> drinking scotch, you know. Yeah. Right, so the next story is the troll storyline. Would you like to say what the title is? So on Monday, um, what happened? So last week, she had secretly signed up to a website to make a comment on a story about um, Tracy and Steve raising money for the charity for Oliver to try to um, help to cure mitochondrial disease or find... um, 
uh, to support, treatments and support stuff. families support, that are going support. through that kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, Tracy was like buying lots of things, and and Kathy got annoyed because Steve wouldn't pay for his paper bill which was 40 pounds and she started wondering where's are they actually what are they doing with all this money and are they sort of not giving us money because they're saying they're poor and then using the charity money to buy shopping for tracy so she goes online and she's like oh better ask them what what they doing with all this money and then suddenly a flood of trolls come out of their their caves and start saying yeah Um, yeah trolls live under bridges they live in caves Um, you're thinking of of the trolls that eat goats. I'm thinking of the trolls that go on the internet. <laughs> so on Monday, she's starting to regret this because she's unleashed forces that she cannot she cannot begin to understand. Well, she was kind of blaming it on being a little bit tipsy, wasn't she? She's realised because she she overheard smack on the internet when we're drunk. She's overheard Amy. <laughs> um, and the effect that it's having on her, hasn't she? And yeah. she's gonna she's gonna well, she find also, this lemon Amy's, drop. Amy's pledged revenge, and I think it's partly that. It's partly the fear of being unmasked, mm. not just the effect that it's had on them. Because really, Tracy and Steve are like, uh, well they can all just stuff off. You know, I don't think Tracy's the sort to lose sleep over somebody being mean about her on the internet. Um so Amy sees that this this person who's secretly Kathy called Lemon Drop has posted again. And it's Kathy saying, oh, maybe I was too quick to judge. We all make mistakes. And Amy's like, well, that's it. This makes me even more angry. Backtracking doesn't make it okay. I'm going to find out who it is. Ardy helps her. Oh, yeah, she teams up with Ardy, doesn't she? This that's is what nice. I said you should do. She He searched the username and found it on a different website for sad people, apparently, um, with a picture of Weathy High in 1972 and another website banging on about foxes during the day. And she describes herself, or the person, Lemon Drop, describes themselves as a Weatherfield news agent. And Amy says, the only person it can possibly be is Brian. Must be him. Ardy's like, I don't know. Are you sure? She's like, yes, I am sure. So, Brian and Kathy come back to the cab- cabin later and they find somebody graffitiing the word troll over the window. <laughs> um, and Amy's watching them going, ha, doxing works. There you go. This is what you deserve. I didn't know what, I had to ask you what doxing was. So it's about um, I, revealing who the trolls are or something. Doxing is when you reveal what somebody's real identity is. Yeah. So you you reveal that this username is actually the person. Right. Um. Yeah. And Kathy says to Brian, oh, look, I'll tell you what happened. So she gets, she, they rush inside and she says, oh, gosh, um, I was drunk. <laughs> it's not an excuse, but it is a reason. <laughs> I, I, was, I was slagging him off on the internet. <laughs> and he says, OK, I will take responsibility and I will apologise to them. And that will be an end to it. And Because I, I don't want you to get hurt because I love you. And that, I, was, that was like the... Nicest uh, thing that Brian's ever done. It really is. That, you, you know, I, I, I'm not... I don't love... Brian and Kathy as uh, as a couple, they're fine. Uh, but I I still I I often don't buy, buy them, them as a romantic couple. partnership this together. Probably... They're more of like a c- comedy pairing. Yeah. It sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. This was but the this... most investment that Coronation Street had put into them as a believable couple. It was just honestly just that one line that yeah. Brian said. I wouldn't. I don't want to see you get hurt. I love you. It's like yes, that's what I want more yes, of. Yes, yes. I don't know why he did it though. It doesn't make any sense. What. Why did he say it was going to be him? It, it doesn't matter who it was, surely. You know what I mean? Well, he why, just, why he just doesn't the want the hate coming towards her. Well, she He's defending to... him. I know, I know, but it doesn't logically doesn't make sense. Not not really. Um, it's just to add an extra dimension to the drama. Mm. So he goes round to number one. He says, "I'm really sorry. I'll make a donation to, to for amends." And they're like, "No, I don't accept. I don't accept your apology." 
and Amy and Tracy are saying, well, now everybody knows um, who you are and what you are like on the internet and it's never going to go away. Look up the Streisand effect. Don't look up Ash's boobs because they actually got that off the internet. <laughs> on Wednesday, no customers at the cabin. Everyone's shunning them. Kathy's this, feeling... is, this has happened very quickly, hasn't it? Uh, so but... many, so many graffitis troll on the on the news agents, and then everybody suddenly knows not to go and buy their Weatherfield Gazette. There, it's I like, feel like I don't mm. care. I know. I don't really care. I wonder what she has been doing with her money. <laughs> <laughs> so they go round to the no, nobody's coming around. Kathy feels really guilty, and Packerderm Packham prom- assures her it won't last. She basically points out that. People are always doing stuff like this and they can't be bothered to keep it up. Yeah. This is like when people say they're going to boycott Nestle and then you eat, see him eating a Kit Kat. <laughs> um, Bernie comes in and she says, oh, I'm on your side, actually, for taking Tracy down a peg or two because she deserves it. Why don't you come with me and we'll have a drink in the pub and brazen it out? Yeah. And so they get they turn up, but Bernie doesn't. And Jenny kicks them out. She refuses to serve Brian in the pub. Yeah, she I think says she says horrible. she'll serve Kathy, but just not Brian. I didn't really like how... I kind of half got it, but it felt like it came out of nowhere a little bit, and it, and they're they're trying to the shunning, yeah, the shunning, and they're trying to make out that Kathy or Brian, I guess, is public enemy number one, and they just had to it just happened to be whoever was there that was shunning him for no particular reason. Yeah. I don't think Jenny. I mean, if Jenny's going to start picking and choosing who she serves according to their moral scale, she's not going to be allowed to serve anybody at, yeah. at some point. There's been more graffiti. Um, Kathy sees Stephen uh, walking on the road and says, please help, help us get Tracy to back down because it's ruining our lives. And he says, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not having none of this. It's Brian's fault for spreading lies about us. Then he comes around later to apologise with an olive branch. He's like, yeah, it's gone a bit far now. And Kathy wants to confess and Brian's like, shut up, don't tell anybody. So noble. But this is just another thing where, the, uh, for some reason, a silly lie has just extended the storyline artificially. That's what I think. Do you think it would have all been, you know, tied up had Cathy been able to confess that it was her? It's going to be even worse when it turns out it's Cathy because she's been pretending to be nice this whole time. And so not only is she a troll, but she's a liar. Mm. Yeah. It's going, to be, it's going to be bad for Cathy. But Uh-oh. it's very nice to see a story with Cathy... Um, and Brian in it, like you said. Um, and it, I a, think this is like, this is this is a really timely story. I really am enjoying this. I don't think it's going to be a m- massive story. No, no. But, um, it feels very kind of side story-ish, but it's a little bit different. It, and it Kathy really, and Brian don't often get stories. It's really interesting to me because I, we we both sit here every week and we, we criticise Coronation Street, basically. And we say things, you know, why did they do that? Or, you know, I didn't like the way they did this. They should have done this, this the other way. And where do you draw the line between that and what Kathy did, which is like saying, hmm, I don't know about this. Have have we wondered whether this might be what's actually happening? Mm. So sometimes I feel really bad because I, I can be quite judgmental about people that go online and say negative things um, when we say things negative things all the time. With the best intentions. Um, but yeah, at the end, at the end of the day, it does feel like more and more people don't think about how what they're saying might be received. And yeah, they, I think that's the feel... lesson that we're supposed to be 
learning like from you don't less. necessarily need to say everything on the internet that you think mm. all the time especially if it's a, if it's a negative thing but at the same time i'm totally against censorship i don't think anybody should be stopped from saying what they think and if you've got something that's critical to say about something then you should feel well, just think free before you post it. because we we see from you know certain coronation street character uh, actors who've been trolled or criticized yeah. or insulted yeah, basically insulted, yeah. on twitter by people who think that they just because these people are in the public eye they get to say what they want yeah uh, and what they think and that everyone wants or, to read or, it yeah they, or they criticize an actor's performance or, or their looks or, or, or their looks or or just them as people, people human yeah. beings and think that and they even like at them into it yeah that's because they're, they're hiding behind the and anonymity and then, yeah. of, of being online um, yeah, just thoughtless cruelty uh, online, is which is what Kathy's done. So Although prevalent. I mean, Kath, Kathy wasn't. I, I I don't know. Do we blame Kathy for this? Do we feel any sympathy for her going I through, or is it basically her. her own fault? I think I she don't... just she was a little bit tiddly, um, and she. I don't know. She, I don't think there's a person in the world who's not said something that they regret. Yeah. And, and this is just saying it online, saying isn't it? it Whereas online. where it is a lot worse because, like Amy and Tracy said, it's it's there forever now. Yeah, and she's unleashed this kind of horde of horrible trolls now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really. It's, this is why I really like the storyline. It's really interesting to me, and I think um, I think the difference is when we do our when we talk about stuff. I I do try not to call specific people out or say something negative about a specific individual person. Mm. Like, I won't say, oh, the director for this episode, blah, I blah, blah. I sometimes do, and you glare at me. Well, there's no need, there's really no... I don't I see know. the point of of it at all, because who's who's never made a mistake, or don't, how yeah. would we do anything different? Yeah. And it's not necessarily a mistake, it's just our opinions on things. Mm. And we every, anyone can watch the same episode and have a completely different opinion, so it's not like anything we say really has any value beyond just mm. a, a, a way of discussing what we've seen. Yeah. So... This is, yeah, it's just really interesting to me. I just think everybody just needs to be a bit... I, I don't like this whole hashtag be kind thing because I think it's just a way of um, forcing women to be nice to each other and I think that's ridiculous. Women should have no responsibility to be nice to anybody. I think the, the, the moral of the story is don't be a dick. And I've said this before. Yeah, Kathy. Don't, you don't have to be kind, but you don't have to be a dick. <laughs> Where do, you, where do you think it's going to go? I mean, it, it feels inevitable that Cathy is going to... Be outed again. Yeah. But it'll blow over at the end, won't it? That's the thing. I wonder how they're going to find out. Do you think Ardy's going to do a bit more research and he's going to be like, Lemon Drop's been posting a lot about on this forum about menopause. Yeah, will will will, will <laughs> she confess? Because I kind of yeah, felt bad for her to... that she wanted to confess, but Brian censored her from doing so it is i just think it's a bit silly i think it's gonna said, oh, i think it's gonna eat her up because she's not a nasty person at heart I no think she also won't like lying she's good and she no she doesn't she doesn't like seeing what's happening to brian yeah um and and she just wants to you know get the whole thing sorted really so i think i think that she might admit that it's her Right, um, onto the Todd storyline. So it, it's it's more of the same, really, the relationship drama between him and Billy and Paul and who's Billy fancy at the moment. But Todd is uh, has noticed that Paul and Summer are you know, still quite close and he hones in on her and says, oh, yeah, and also Billy is still holding the torch for Paul as well, you know. And this goes... Um, 
what what's Todd's plan been? Just basically split them up. But it's not immediately obvious, is it? Does he want to go back with Billy, or does he just want to be I nasty think with Billy? I kind of Todd has. I think his motivations are still. Todd's very mischievous, not clear, and I think that he is a quite a dynamic person as well. I don't think he's got any set plan. I think he just, just rolls to, with the punches. Yeah, cause chaos wherever he goes. Mm. So, um, like I said before, Todd is the Loki of Coronation Street. Yes, Todd tries. Uh, Todd goes and invites Paul out. Uh, to a, to a hotel, fancy hotel. Well, it was supposed to be fancy hotel, but it was actually Ray's hotel, which is... The set's just looking a bit tired now, isn't it? Yeah, it looks th- like a... Um, it looks like an, a, a posh Indian restaurant from 2003. Yeah, it, 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 I think it used to look fancier. It I don't know the- what's happened. Have we just become jaded? <laughs> I think it's it because they, I think partly it's because it's a set that they always use now. Like if you want a, a fancy hotel, it's this set, and it just doesn't doesn't wow you anymore. No, and you, that's and you true. start to see the start to see the dust and the cracks. Like, maybe it's not like we've been to many fancy joints mm. since you know in the last year that we suddenly you know changed our opinion. Yeah. But what they should look like, I think. I know that the thing is, it's not. It's a. It's an actual inside a, a building, isn't it? It's not like a set with movable walls. No. But somehow they still just look like they're going to fall down. Yeah. And I don't know why that yeah, is. I know what you mean. So they they go off to this meal and um this 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 hotel. Sorry, Billy sees them go and he's getting a bit worried about it. Um, the Todd's plan is to set Paul up with his this bloke Jimmy, who is overwhelmed by how amazingly drop dead gorgeous Paul is and is this just a, is this not just a filter to make him look so handsome on your phone no those, it's the those, real deal I tell you what those Korean beauty filters throw one of those on <laughs> Paul and no one could resist it Jimmy, Jimmy is um, yeah he, th- he thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread so he's there's just an awful lot of flirting and innuendo and there was lots of banter and um, really <sighs> A little bit NSFW kind of talk, wasn't there, about making the bed post bounce or something? I can't remember what they said. It was a bit like honestly the most overtly gay conversation that Coronation Street has ever had. Yeah, it was just three gay men, kind of wasn't really no holes bugs because I know they can get a bit more filthy than that, but it really was just them just saying whatever they wanted. Yeah, and I think it was a Jonathan Harvey script. Wasn't it? The second uh, I one? I can't remember. The first one no, was... Um, yeah, no, Owen. it might be, actually. I can't remember. I th- I'm sure it was a Jonathan Harvey script. But just just completely went to town on whatever. And I quite enjoyed it. I know some people thought it was a bit um, over the top. But I just kind of really enjoyed watching them just letting rip, you yeah. know? <laughs> and I thought it was... I thought it was um, um, a, one of those examples of like a conversation that I would never be a part of or ever hear mm. unless they were being really loud and obnoxious next to my table. <laughs> so it's nice to sort of listen in on it. Yeah. And they yeah, were being quite funny. Fine. I thought and it was I like fine. I like banter. Yeah. And it was one of these pointless scenes. And mm. that and Friday's episode was full of these fairly pointless scenes, but they're character building. Well this is the... And that's what I like and that's what I missed that's why I liked old Cory, because old Cory was full of much more banter and much more just just quips and yeah, we, and teasing we, as well, lots of teasing, and that was what Friday was mostly about. Yeah, the stuff with because Todd eventually leaves Jimmy and Paul to do whatever in, in the hotel and goes back to see Billy and Sean and Eileen in the pub, and, and and that was another kind of teasy scene where they were making fun of Billy, and that was that was that was just nice. Um, Billy um, wants to know what's going on with Paul and uh, and Jimmy and Todd. 
tells him, look, don't worry, just take a chill pill, it's, it's going to be fine, don't worry about it. And then he ends up getting offended later, or pretending to be offended, when Billy tells him that he thought that he fancied Paul. Um, so that, that was basically it, wasn't it? Just, just a lot more of Todd causing trouble. It was kind of fun. Um, I, still, I still don't really know what his end game is. I hope that we get to see. It just feels like, it, I don't know, maybe it needs to come to an end or something. And lots of lots of name dropping queerest folk. Yeah, there was there was today, wasn't there? And Russell T Davis. Yes, Russell T Davis got a name drop today. And um, also, I did a little bit of digging as well on Corypedia, and the guy that played Jimmy, who I was sure that I recognised, and, and and this can't be where I recognised him from, or maybe I just made it up, but he was in Coronation Street back in two thousand and twelve when he was was it Kirsty's cousin or something that like I, I said to you earlier? Something to do with Kirsty, and he was a police officer. No, 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 no. That was in something else, I think. Oh, but anyway, he's was, he's been around. I've definitely yeah. I recognised re- him as well. Yeah. But it it was fine. It was fine. This story. I think that. I think next week is where this is gonna is gonna build up into something else. Um, yeah. So what's he up to? So he's so he's basically he's just keeping Paul and Billy away from yeah, each other. Yeah, he's basically set Paul up on this date and and really got them to enjoying each other's company and then leaving them and then sort of sowing a bit of doubt into Billy's mind and yeah. leaving him and going off and having this moussaka. Yeah. He just hasn't got anything better to do, has he, at the moment, Todd? I also really, yeah, I really like that scene with um, when they were teasing Eileen about making moussaka. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. And, um, and she was saying she was a good and mom. garlic bread. And, yeah, Billy, Billy and it was Billy, Eileen, was it Jenny? No, Jenny wasn't there. Who was it behind the bar? Sean? Maybe. There was just, it was just a, more banter and yeah. it was just fun. Yeah, it was nice. It and was I, nice. Really ha- I have to say, I do hate the word banter, but it's a, a very useful word in this situation. Right, Gemma, you get your favourite story now. Yay! Kelly! Oh, Kelly. Um, on Wednesday, she's like um, it's a creepy stalker girl. She's got her sights. Get... Yeah, she knows what she wants. I want a daddy and it's going to be Imran and it's very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so she she sees him on Wednesday outside the lawyer's office and she ma- takes him for a coffee and she's like, oh, please foster me. Um, so they're in Roy's roles and she's saying, oh, I'm so lonely. It'd be, it'd be sick if you were my foster parents. And he says, I think the fact that your dad killed my sister might come up. Bit awkward. And she <laughs> says, I don't think it matters. I'm going to say, in general, if if you imagine how this would be written about in the papers, don't do it. Mm. If it sounds if it sounds newspaper worthy, it's not worth the hassle. Oh, but Imran and Toya really want to foster somebody. I don't know why they want to foster Kelly. Anyway, on, on Friday, Imran's hiding from her and Toya's like... Um, there, there, was some, you... there, I, there was some really great Mimran moments on Friday. The hiding around the corner was funny. The the humouring Bernie in the cafe was funny. The the um, marinated tofu reaction was funny. I did enjoy all of that. Um, yeah, Toya's like, this is this is textbook transference and it's not a good idea. And as soon as they both started saying, oh yes, it's not a good idea, I was like, they're going to do it, aren't they? I know <laughs> they're going to do it. So Kelly accosts Imran outside the lawyer's office and they get into this three-way social... Uh, distance kind of standoff while she's trying to convince them to foster her like orphan Annie and Toya's like oh maybe I don't know no she says at the end I quite like well her. yeah she says that after after um, Kelly's yeah. gone off so he goes around Toya, Imran goes to 
the factory where Toy's doing very important work and says, I need to talk to you about this fostering malarkey. And she says, actually, maybe we should um, do that after we've eaten our marinated tofu. That, uh, what, I'm starting to warm to the idea of them fostering Kelly. And I still, I still don't know about the character. And, and, and I'm still, I'm not baffled, but so many people are saying that Kelly's a wonderful character and I'm still not really seeing it no. yet. Uh, lots of people are saying that she's a fantastic actress and I think she's fine. I think but she's again, a brilliant I actress. I don't think we've seen, she, I don't think she's had any scenes yet that, where she's really, really had to... You know, I, give th- no, full no, no, on no. mega performance, I but think, the role that she's been given, I think she's doing a good job of it. Well, the reason I think she's a fantastic actress is because every time I've spoken to anybody who has interacted with her, they've said that she's a really great person and really, like, you know, a really great, per- really great person, basically. I can't say any more than mm. that because I don't know the specifics. And the fact that I hate her so much makes me think she's good at acting mm-hmm. because she's not playing that kind of person. Is I'm she? starting to like her more, and I think that the I fact that like she her. was, yeah, just just being so she was quite cute about oh go on please foster me I, I, and and, and, and the rea- and the reaction that Imran and Toya are having to her and getting all excited again a bit like they were at Christmas with little baby Mason and getting all you know all giggly about the prospect of in, of fostering her that's that's making me think oh yeah maybe it would be quite cute because I just like seeing Imran and Toya happy together I, I still think it's odd that you know I, I thought that they wanted a baby this is the thing and I don't know what they're in it for I mean they obviously they want to want... help people yeah and um but it just feels like a very different ball game doesn't it yeah. To to foster a baby and then to sort of foster someone who is sixteen. Is she or seventeen? She's going to be think, yeah. out of the foster system in two years. Yeah. Um. You're not going to be making any kind of impression on her personality or molding her. I don't. You know. This is where it becomes apparent it's that just... I don't know why people have children. <laughs> but like, you part of having a kid is like you know they oh they take after me or oh isn't it funny they don't like that and I do well, when, when Anna and I you know raise them and see them grow when and... Anna and Owen fostered um, Faye it kind of became Anna was her mum yeah yes that's the thing but I don't think I, that Toya and Imran are going to be no. our Kelly's mum and dad no, and that's the thing they're just going to be there uh, look after the, us you've got to the bottom of what I was trying to say yeah um, whereas if Guardians if yeah exactly and that's a that's a that's a very laudable thing. That's the kind of thing I'd quite like to do because I can't imagine looking after a kid. But you know, if somebody needs somewhere to stay, that would be quite a rewarding thing to sort of help them. Mm. Um, I can just see I kind of it's just because I kind of see like oh they're going to clash over. She goes out and you know she's a terror away and blah. You know what I mean? It just feels like oh the teenage drama. But of... you know it's going to be Imran and Toya scene, so I I don't mind. She's not going to want to eat tofu. I hope that. I hope that this is going to be the making of her for me because, like we said, everyone else says she's wonderful. So I, I hope that I'll think that too. But we, we've talked enough about her recently. Um, yeah, I don't want to be too down on her, but I'm still not seeing it. <laughs> Finally, we've had a little bit more of the Who's the Granddaddy storyline. Uh, Michael's knackered because of uh, all the time he's been going to and fro the hospital to go and see, uh, what's she called, Glory. Um, and Ned's still got his knickers in a twist about Baby the whole glory. fact that he may not actually be Michael's dad. But on the, on today when Ronnie Aww. comes round, um, it is apparent that, well, that we learn that Gloria is maybe anemic. Glory. glory, sorry, is maybe anemic. And Ronnie says, oh, Ronnie says to Ed, well, you know, I've got um, sickle cell. And, I'm, no, I'm a sickle cell anemia carrier. So 
it's starting to look very much more likely that I could be related to this baby. But Ed's it's not this that. Proves he's nothing. worried. He's he's not saying, oh, she's got what I've got. She must be my kid. He's saying, oh God, should we? Uh, you be, uh, we need to say something because this is dangerous, and I might have given her something. Oh right, okay. You know, this is like. A horrible curse that I'm carrying and now I'm passing it on mm. and it's something that I was excited about and I don't even know if it's the case it could turn out that the way I find out is because I've given her yeah this okay. but yeah Ed, Ed doesn't want to hear it does he he, he just orders Ronnie well he's like you don't even know like he says even if you have like it doesn't even manifest in children this young anyway so it oh, yeah, probably did, isn't even that any- so you shut up yeah just needs to get his over DNA up, test he says um, I, I feel that it's not going to be too long before Michael gets this bombshell dropped on him. Oh dear, poor Michael. So yeah, it's a few stories there looking like they're a build-up for next week, basically. So um, obviously, character of the week was Fizz. I said at the beginning, I I completely stand by that. The way that she, I, yeah, the way she um, yeah, Fizz definitely for me too. But just for that that amazing scene, the way that she talked to to Alina the next day, the way she was desperately trying to repair the situation. The 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 openness and rawness with how she was speaking to Tyrone and the honesty. Um, I I just thought she was. Oh, and that just that bit where she was like, week. "Ta-da! We're going to Greece and get married." And Tyrone's yeah. like, "Oh no." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, score horrible. of the week. I mean, the, so some of the stories, like I mean, the, the the trolling story was was all right. Um, the the Tully sales and marketing, all right. The, the, there was lots of there was lots of all right stories, but um, luckily the the Tyrone one and the Leanne one. Which were the which were the the meat of the week? Very strong were both week. pretty good because we've got yeah we've got them reinvesting in Tyrone and and Fizz. We've got them showing that Coronation Street can still do these like really meaty, intense, character driven scenes that rely on the talent, the raw talent of their actors. We've got like a bit a bit of kind of glitz and and uh, well not glitz like the gritty drama of the chiz, um, <laughs> and and the, trying to u- unite. Leanne and Simon a bit more together. You got finally them finding something to do with with Daisy, which I'm gonna find, I think is quite intriguing. And um, we've got the, the 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 trolling story, which I I'm, I'm liking because I'm thinking, you know, it's a it's another one of these kind of more relatable stories for me. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, and I really liked all I really liked all the banter between all all the the lads in the hotel, in the the Todd and the the pool story I think it was quite daring of Coronation Street I think they really pushed I, I wonder if they're going to get any complaints yeah, about that I wonder because from the I, grannies I think it was a bit of a step beyond what they've ever done before and maybe I'm misremembering like it. it felt that. like it and I certainly don't have a problem with it I no, thought no, it was I... great um, and you know yeah so and and the, what, and the the Bailey stuff. What's what's your score then? I think I'm going to give it 4. Ah, you're right. I was I'm not going to give it 4. I mean I'm uh, going to give it 4 cupboards with knobs on, which is what Eileen might know as an not known as an oven. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to give it 3 Alinas smeared across the three? cobbles. Are no, sorry, three, three and a half. Three oh, and a okay. half Alinas smeared across the cobbles. <laughs> I don't know what the half of the Alina is. Well, um, it's you know obviously the the guts. Uh, so yeah, so it's Romanian raspberry jam. Good week, good week on the whole. <laughs> um, really good, I thought. Oh, there we go. I know that some people didn't like it, 
but we... we had some comments on the Facebook group about people that didn't enjoy oh, it. Yeah, yeah, but don't forget that you've got your opportunity now. You've listened to this and you don't agree with anything we've just said. You can write in and tell us what you think and we'll read it out in the feedback section next we will, week. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Right, shall we should we move on to the next we do talk some news? Let's, let's do the news. Let's do some news. Hello, it's me, Ellen Flanagan. Welcome to the cabin. I've only going to done it again. I'm a mum and popped right out just yesterday. Bloody hell, it's going right through. I've got a baby. It's called Charlie. Charlie Scott Sinclair. Congratulations to me. What a lovely baby name. <laughs> Charlie's a great boy name. Boy or a girl? Boy. She's got a boy. She's got two girls and a boy now, as Helen. Now get yourself back onto the cobbles, Don't lady. Be so stupid. Baby's Michael. out. Back to work. More Rosie, please. <laughs> Michael, you're horrible. I I am not part of this podcast anymore. I'm a, just Congratulations, a, Helen Flanagan. I'm a conscientious this was, objector. This was weird, wasn't it? We were talking about this I on know. Thursday uh, uh, during dinner time. Literally, Michael's going, oh, I wonder whether Helen Flanagan's had a baby yet because I really need some news for the cabin. Yeah. And I said, what, what, when is she due? And you were like going, oh, she must be due around now. <laughs> And you were right. And then two hours later, we saw the news yeah. appear. So I, I made it happen. I yeah, made this did. baby come. So, so it would be nice if we could get some recognition, Helen. Yeah. Or, we or, could be the godparents. Or, or Scott. This because Charlie Scott Sinclair was named after Dad Scott Sinclair. Oh, and nice. it was his I'm birthday. His, that's going to ruin it his for birthday. the rest of their I don't think I've seen a quote <laughs> from Helen Flanagan yet, sadly. But Scott has said... What does I, he sound like? Same. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better gift on my birthday. What a blessing. Welcome to the world, son. Oh. <laughs> you say it's a gift on your birthday, but, you know, it it's, not, it's not going to be, is it's it? It's going to detract from your birthday for the rest of your life, It Scott. is. Once he gets older to appreciate yeah. birthdays, that's your birthday's gone, And Scott, you better sorry. hope that you're into the same things. Otherwise, pfft. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, congratulations to the whole of the Flanagan's <laughs> and Claire's. Very good news. And just remember, no matter what the occasion in the cabin... We can always find a way of twisting the good news into something that we complain about. I'm, what am I complaining about? Oh, the baby was born on the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of cockneys, here's a real one: Johnny Briggs. Yeah, um, he sadly died a few weeks ago, but they have put a tribute program out to him. They're going to put a tribute program out to him on Monday, eight o'clock. So eight o'clock between the two corridors, there's going to be a Johnny Briggs coronation street legend show um the synopsis for which reads for 30 years between... hang on a minute i've what? i've got so we're on coronation street we're on 1996 or no, seven 97 we're on and i've moment. i've done i've i'm on strike at the moment but so i've got until monday to watch another 10 years to catch up on the rest of his yeah, otherwise story it's spoilers, yeah damn it for 30 years between 1976 to 2006 actor johnny was the original cockney on the cobbles mike baldwin known for his love of whiskey and women factory boss mike was a southern rogue who charmed his way through a <laughs> colorful life rogue. in weatherfield um who's the current cockney the original um, Cockney, kind of... It's, it's Ronnie Londonish. Who's Ronnie? Uncle Ronnie. Bailey. Is He's, he? Maybe. I'm not sure. I think he just wears just nice clothes. Say what, So though? you think he's from classic, the South? Classic Corrie at the moment. It's all about Spider. He's London. I'm loving Spider on Classic Coronation. Can I just again point out, what? broken record woman, London and the South. I know. Just because London's in the South doesn't mean that... 
Though it was representative of the South. This special tribute programme <laughs> said, yeah, we hate, we hate those tree-hugging do-gooders, don't we? Chop all the trees down. That's what we say. This special tribute programme celebrates the life of Johnny and his enduring Corrie character. Street stars past and present recall working with a cast legend and famous fans of the show take a fond look... Wait a minute. Hang on a minute. They haven't asked us. Tell us us about this. They've been recording us in secret. Some of Mike's biggest ever storylines, including... Guess what, everybody? His affair with Deirdre Barlow, and he did more. Bitter rivalry yeah. with husband Ken. Also, a love triangle. No, it's no, the, it's same, all the thing. same thing. A love triangle that had the whole nation gripped. Yeah, I mean, Mike Baldwin was in the show for all this time, and, and the first thing that anyone ever says about is the love triangle story. He had other good storylines as well, and I hope that they get a decent decent time in the spotlight on this little William Roach is going to be trying to shoehorn in that story about how he beat up Anne Kirkbride. Oh, and about. Oh, is he going to Is he going <laughs> to do the thing about she never when saw he saw it coming? Is he going to talk about the moment when uh, Mike Baldwin died in his arms and he actually hated yeah, it? Yeah, hated that scene. It was terrible. <laughs> anyway, make sure you get that watch and we'll be able to chat our thoughts about it next week. Spoiler alert, we're probably going to like it. Probably. Um, speaking of next week's like it even more Coronation we're in it, Street schedule. And we don't charge for yes. appearances no, at the moment. All. all free. We're not, we're speaking not of next week's Coronation Street Enough. schedules, there is no <laughs> Coronation Street on Wednesday next oh, week. What? However, it's going to be on on Thursday for an hour. There's football or something on on Wednesday. Oh, for God's sake. So they've pushed it back so it's going to be a very back end of the week heavy coronation street that means oh yeah but there's only going to be one one day's worth of coronation street while i'm at school because i break up on thursday yeah you do How exciting it's it going to be easter i wonder if there's going to be anything exciting happening at easter whenever easter comes along now i'm always reminded of pat feeling falling into the sea and then coming back three days later and it's like is, is this a time of year where coronation street can have its big exciting climaxes or something now i, I don't know um is there any is there curry on easter I don't know. I don't think they. I don't think they have Corrie on Easter Day anymore. Mm. I think they I mean they used to when they used to have a Sunday episode, but I don't think they have special ones now. I don't know. I don't think so. Hope everybody's ordered their lamb. Yeah, we we got our lamb. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, also, news. Brand new, hot off the press news. The Coronation Street Words and Design app. Yes, I'm still going on about that. Yes, I'm still playing that. Has had a special update just today. In fact, you can now play an Easter event. Speaking of Easter, this, this is all linked. I'm, I'm not even getting paid for this. Right through this. Um, if you remember, if you played the app back at Christmas, there was a little update where you could go on a little side game and decorate Ken's house and the Rovers with various festive themed Christmassy paraphernalia by playing word games, of course, what else? And now you can do the same with some hideous, eastery, springy, egg-shaped th- furniture, like an egg settee and, I don't know, springtime rugs. Um, it's not the most attractive of um, per- furniture, much like the Animal Crossing Easter furniture, in fact. But if you are starved of things to do in the words and design that because you've done everything else and you're waiting for the updates to happen, then you can go along and there's like 150 new puzzles that you can play to um, Easterify your Coronation Street. And the, the event's running for like a month, so you've got plenty of time. They're not very good with their timings on these things, are they? When is Easter? In a week's time. Yeah, that, at least they've got it before. I think the Christmas update, didn't that come like oh, after Christmas? Christmas. <laughs> so they, they're getting better. But um, I, I have a feeling that if we're still playing this, you know, late April and, and still earning Easter items, we'll feel that they've missed the boat somewhat. Is it going to be like Bunny Day on, on Animal Crossing where you just want the, the bunny to go and die and leave yeah, you alone? I think it is. You'll fill it with eggs everywhere. Anyway, if, you, if, you, if you've uh, not been playing this one recently and that floats your boat, um, 
go go crazy because there's, there's yes enjoy yourself loads of items michael you did you watch did you read the land girls yes Gemma. tell me thanks about for what asking i did i have been saying i'm going to review the land girls on coronation street by maggie sullivan from coronation street i mean by maggie sullivan for a little while now i didn't put it in last week kevin because we didn't have any other news and now i've kind of forgotten about it a little bit because it was over a week since i finished recording it uh, recording it reading it i thought it was a quite a good book so this is maggie's fourth book now i think um, and this one felt the most different of them all because quite a large proportion of it was set off of the street, um, which did make a refreshing change. I mean, I don't think on, on any of these books it's like, you know, super mysterious twists and turns everywhere. Um, There's not, not going to be anything it's, that's it's very, shocking or retconny, is there? No, it, it's all very gentle and there's, Tell, a, bit, there's a bit of romance. So it's remind, basic, hang on, remind us which characters this concerns. It, it, it concerns Vera, uh, Vera Sharples, not Vera Duckworth, Vera Sharples, Ina's daughter, and also Lily... Um, Savage. No, not Lily Savage. What was her name? Um, the notoriously sarcastic drag queen. Which is a strange addition. Lily, Long, Lily Longhurst, so Martha's daughter, um, both of which were characters on Coronation Street, but in, in, but in that they had about, you know, 10 episodes between them, maybe. Yeah. Um, so there weren't particularly characters that were well-rounded in any sense on the street, but we did get an idea about what um, Vera was like from the appearances that we saw on the DVDs. She was a little bit simple, wasn't she? And they did play up to that in the, in the book, which is quite fun. That I did. I preferred, I think, the bits that were on the street because there was an awful lot of Martha and Minnie and Ina in the snug, um, which was all fun. Yeah, and then when when they focused on the girls, Lily and um, Vera going off down to where'd they go? Like Kent or somewhere to go and yeah, go and be land Kent. girls. The it, Garden of England. It it kind of lost it a little <laughs> bit, but um, I preferred it. I think to the third book in the series where they created a brand new character and that was the main character of the book i, I did like that it was there was some link there to to coronation street it, it, it was all right it was it was quite nice i think you'd probably have enjoyed it slightly more if you had interest in the time period or the i don't not girl. i don't not have interest in that yeah I mean, but you don't it's not like you go oh yeah it's another world war Two book no no it, it it was it was quite fun. If you if you enjoyed the other three, there's no reason that you shouldn't enjoy these ones. Um, and you know, that's, nice that's to about see it for my review, really. Nice to see characters that um, have not had a lot of stuff written about them. Yeah, they they are they definitely. Um, and so sad. What happens to Vera? New, new little canon. Yeah, they don't they don't obviously go into that. She's she's still alive and kicking by the end of the book. I just wonder how much more they're going to be able to wring out of those, you know, six years of World War Two because there's still more books to come. I, I, I really hope that some of the future books yeah. come a bit Not after the war, a bit before the war. You know what I mean. Right, um, that's the end of that. That's the end of yeah, your quite um, good, review. Is what I'm saying. Although I, I did want to find. Do you remember that bit when, the, when I um, came and showed you? There was a page where they used yeah. the same expression twice. twice on one page, and I think there was a bit of an editing error there. But anyway. hey. It, it happens. I've it happens. made many errors. Go and buy it if you want to. It's all right. Life. Feedback time. Let's move on. Happy feedback, everybody. Let's find out what, <laughs> what people thought about Coronation Street and maybe even the podcast last week. Now, we said we didn't mind last week's Coronation Street as much as um, a lot everyone of everyone else, else did. 
Um, and it did come across as a, with another pretty low score in our Facebook group. 2.42 out of 5 was the average score, including 2.5 stomach tsunamis from Pat, Shay's 1.5 FaceTimes with the volume cranked, and Rebecca, who is my pick of the week this week, with three shoehorn times Alina was interested in cars on before, and she didn't know I have any interest. Oh, I love cars. They're so great. They go so fast. Faster than my horse. I, I see that as soon as she got the snog from Tyrone, she's not interested in cars at all He's again like, He's like, la, 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 la. so Alina, let's go sit in the car. And she's like, no, I don't like them. It smells funny. Um, now, Rebecca, I haven't got your other feedback this week because we've got lots and lots of other feedback, so I haven't included some of our other regulars. So that to give everyone else a chance, um, including Louise, who sent us a message. Does this one come through today or yesterday? I can't remember. And she is one of our newest patrons who we sent Thank you. a postcard to in the post. Yes, you she, get a postcard. Gets, if, if you're a Rovers level patron, yeah. you get a postcard. You do. Written Hand by written. Gemma's... Yeah, fair hand. Oh, God. She's very excited about this and says thank you very much. She says there's not much excitement in our lives at the moment, but getting some posts was such a highlight. Oh, that's well, nice. That's lovely. Now, Louise says, I've been a Cory fan since I was in high school with a couple of breaks, like when I went to university, and I've listened to you guys for quite a while. I took a bit of a mental health break from Cory and other things in life a couple of years ago, and I think the last episode I saw during that time period was when Rana died. Oh. It wasn't that storyline in particular that made me take a break. I just wasn't a Karna fan. Anyway, I loved your podcast and I was thinking about it towards the end of last year because pandemic is boring and podcasts have been my life and I decided to jump back in. I'm very glad I did. Even when Curry is bad, I love your podcast. Aww. Thank you very much. It's really, really kind. Thank you, uh, Louise. Um, here's her thoughts on Curry at the moment after a one and a half year break. This is interesting. I missed the introduction of Alina and the Baileys, so I'm not the biggest Alina fan. I do like the Baileys though, and I'm enjoying seeing them have a bit more of a role with the Grace baby story. Michael, please do your Ed impression more often. No, I don't. Currently missing your Ray impression. We had a lot of people saying this week that they liked our impressions. <sighs> Um, yeah, Helen Flanagan back. Uh, yeah. we, oh, we didn't say that. Helen, we didn't give our disclaimer because there's always somebody. Oh yes, who Helen Flanagan does not sound like. That. And we are aware. We know it. Um, Elena and Tyrone. No, this is back to Louise again. Sick of the narrative of girls versus girls fighting over not very interesting men. <laughs> Can we have more strong female friendships, please, and less stupid affair stuff? The Allahans. I love them. My boyfriend is British, Asian and from the North, Yorkshire though. And while he hates Corrie, which is a work in progress, I've shared some of the Allahan stuff and he is a fan. Love, 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 Asha and Ardi. I've always loved Dev. Yes, well, I wonder what it's like for Louise Dev. to come back and um, Ardi is yeah. completely different to how he used to be. And uh, Todd as well. Daisy, I really, really want to like her. The actress is really charismatic yeah, and is. gorgeous and I find her really enjoyable to watch. Convinced she wants the pub or money from Jenny or something. Interesting to see her get involved in the MLM storyline too. About that storyline though, ugh. I'm not a Sean <laughs> fan or a Kirk or Chesney fan, so not my favourite. Hoping Daisy and Ridian make it better. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been thinking, I mean, uh, what's Daisy got up her sleeve? Does she want to take, is she, uh, you know, a gold digger? Does she want to get the Poe off Jenny or whatever? And this is certainly confirming any suspicions that anyone had that she does have a very manipulative and uh, ruthless streak. So watch out Jenny, I think. 
Um, back to Louise. She loves Imran and Toya. I think Gemma said during the Christmas fostering storyline that you like them because they're probably the most normal, relatable characters on the street. And I think this might be what it is for me. I know Corey's all about the drama, but I just want more of them fostering babies. Aww. Also, I don't like Kelly for the same reasons as Gemma. I was at a girls' high school and not in the Kelly group of girls. Yeah. I think um, one thing that maybe could um, work, and I very, very, very much doubt that they would ever think of doing this, is for Fizz to have some scenes with Toya in the wake of this affair storyline because what? they used to be friends, didn't they? Just and and I think and Don't Fizz doesn't appear to yeah this I'm I'm like going back what twenty years or so, but you know, and you know they're rubbish at remembering friendships on Coronation Street, but it feels like maybe um you would confide Fizz doesn't perhaps. have anybody I suppose she's got Kez, Chesney to confide in, but that's yeah, it's a bit different. The same. It's different it? when it's your yeah. brother, isn't it? And and they're not the same. They're I think that they're a more similar age to him, yeah. and they're both women and they both have I think it would feel very natural for Fizz and Toya to have a few more scenes together. And, and we know that Georgia and, and Jenny are good friends as well, so I'm Aww. sure they would love it too. Um, where you? Oh, you've sc- have you scrolled up. Where am I? Um, Louise says she loves Debbie and she's glad she's staying. Kevin can do one though, and Abby needs a better man. Yeah. I'm also watching Classic Curry at the moment on ITV3, and I wish I'd done this before. Started watching around 2004, so a lot of the 97 characters are very familiar to me. The sad thing is, Classic Curry is much better than current Curry. It's funny. The stories are good. The actors are good. There's a lot of problematic storylines though, which is making me cringe slightly. Like Les chasing Sam. This is uh, Samantha. Failsworth. Sam's uh, ex coming back and beating up Des and emotionally blackmailing Sam and Des saying to Sam it's fair enough I'll do the same if you broke up with me. Cringe. Yeah I've not enjoyed any of this. I, I just never got on with Samantha Failsworth when I was watching it and um, <clears throat> oh, these repeats as well I'm still still not enjoying it. Um, that was a long brain fart <laughs> to no, say says Louise I'm loving the podcast and thank you so much for all your hard work. Gemma, I find myself agreeing with basically everything you say, which makes it all the more fun. Thank Hooray! you both for being so thoughtful about the issues which come up and for being so funny. Yeah, that's mostly Gemma. I want Michael impressions of that's everyone. Rubbish, no, no, I was I was rubbish again this week. I I said to you after we finished recording the street talk section that I definitely lost steam after the Fizz and Tyrone story. I'm so so invested in that one. Well, I thought you were fine. Thank you. What what praise? I couldn't ask for any more. Um, and then Louise says she's not sure any of this is worth showing on the podcast. Well, I thought it was a lovely email, Louise. So we've read but it all out. Louise says that she's rewatching Lost oh, yes. as well, which is really interesting because this it dawns on me because she recommends a podcast called The Storm, a Lost rewatch podcast. Um, and it kind of dawns on me that actually this is really weird that we're rewatching Lost because actually I think it was Lost. And the podcasts that you listen to that really got us into wanting to do a podcast about coronations. Yeah, because I listened to a couple of lost podcasts back in about ten years ago. Yes, nobody knows what that you're singing is, but that was a theme tune to one of them. What was it called? Donald's Lost or something? No, it's called Jacob's Cabin. Oh, there was one called Donald's Lost though. Actually, you're right. So yeah, I got into podcasts because of Lost. Yeah, and so yeah, it's all all gone cyclical. Yes, it has. And. Um, should we do our own Lost rewatch? I do not think we should. Podcast? I think that Storm should and Lost rewatch to... is probably doing a shall good we, job. Should we write to I, them, tell them that we've gap in my... plugged them and maybe they'll plug us and we'll get some maybe. Coronation Street fans? Who like Lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I've got a bit of a gap in my podcast listening to schedule at the moment because one of the podcasts that I have listened that I have been listening to and have oh, yeah, listened to mysterious. for over 10 years has mysteriously gone off the air at the moment. So yeah, I've got a bit of a gap. Maybe, maybe I could re-watch, uh, have, give that one a try. 
Thank you for the recommendation. Yes. I'm loving Lost, and it is also reminding me that I would really, really love Dominic Monaghan to make an appearance on Coronation Street. <clears throat> he would fit right in. He used to do, you know, he used to act sometimes alongside Alan Halsall as well, I think, when they were younger together. Well, and also, if he's going to be all lardy dar and say, I, I'm not going to be on Coronation Street because I was in Lord of the Rings, well, excuse me, mister, but I think you'll find that Sir Ian McKellen could deign to be on Coronation Street. So, so Very true. You, okay? And maybe... Just maybe awesome. we'll work our way through all of the Fellowship of Nine or however many people and get them all on the show. <laughs> if I was producer of Coronation Street, that would be my number one priority. Yeah. Get them all in. Right. Billy has written to us and said, and this was interesting, um, absolutely, <laughs> they're all, it's all interesting. Yes. Absolutely loving listening to the podcast, regularly my favourite part of the week. I was thinking, oh, thank you. perhaps some useful words or terms to describe Asha and Nina's ex-relationship could be sapphic. I've never heard, I've not heard of this. Do you not know what sapphic is? It's well, like, you know. No. Lesbian? Yeah, it refers, is it the island of sapphic? I don't know. I think it's the island of Lesbos, aren't I? Yeah. But um, that's definitely a word that I've heard. I'll, I'll look it up while you, while you or, read the rest of the email. W, I think it's Greek, isn't it? Or WLW, which is much easier to write than it is to say, I have to say. <laughs> um, women loving women. Both mean women who are attracted to women, not necessarily exclusively, but avoid the labels that the story is avoiding too. That's very interesting. What do you think? Um, I've just found out that sapphic is relating to lesbians or lesbianism or relating to Sappho or her yeah, poetry. Sappho. What's, who's Sappho? I'm going to read that. Yes, interesting. Um, also, the opposite of WLW... Greek, Greek poet from the island of Lesbos. You're there right. you go. Well done. Um, uh, also, the opposite of WLW is MLM, which means men loving men, which is, of course, the same as multi-layered marketing. <laughs> it's in tally sales and marketing. So the pump possibility is endless. <laughs> and we were like... Yes, and then we started thinking and couldn't think of anything. Fantastic. Thank you for that interesting fact. I'm learning. Labels, to label these couple that doesn't want to be labelled. <laughs> Liam. Now, Liam didn't write this. Liam always, I, he, he posts lots in the Facebook group and he always has some interesting and, and in-depth thoughts about the week's Coronation Street. So I thought I'd do a bit of a copy and paste job from the Facebook group. Stealing people's give ideas. Give a bit of time in the spotlight. So mm-hmm. this is what he thought about last week's episode, or Friday specifically, I think. He says, I only just watched tonight's episode and I thought it was an improvement on the rest of the week. The kiss scene was cleverly done, even if it was obvious it wasn't the actors. There was another one of those I'm today, wasn't gonna, there? I was we just didn't mention literally that say, There was a scene between Summer and Todd where they were both sitting at the bus stop and I do remember looking at it going, they really look quite close together. But I didn't, it was still like I didn't a meter. think that at all. Still look, they still look they were social distancing, but they actually did that again where they, they did a, a cut and paste or whatever and I genuinely don't see the point. I didn't. I didn't notice it, but it, didn't it seems seem, like a lot of they time just and effort. A bit further apart. And honestly, summer and summer and Todd, Todd don't live together. So why would they be sitting so close to one oh, another? I, I know. That. Listen, I understand that Coronation Street is set in a world where they don't have to do so much social distancing and the masks thing. You take it off when you should be putting it on, but 
if you have a story reason to separate two characters apart and you decide to spend a lot of money on making them sit closer together, <laughs> but not so close that they're actually touching in up one another, I don't know why you're wasting money on it. It feels like that they've got this new technique now. And we're it feels see like more they're trying it. to if practice. They've done, if they've done, you know, two in as many weeks. It was a lot more, it, obviously, you didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. So it was a much more convincing than the scene that they had with Tyrone and Nelina. So obviously the practice is working. Yeah. But given that social distancing is being lifted in the very near future, fingers crossed in England, because of how many people are being um, vaccinated, I don't see why we're investing all this time and effort. No, just keep on at doing that. End, you've been at, doing it since last p- summer. The pandemic's been going on for a year and you're now you're trying to separate to put people close. Just... Mm. Barking up the wrong tree, in my opinion. Um, Liam continued, even though the behind the scenes technicality of the kiss was good, it shouldn't have happened from a character perspective. Poor Fizz booking a wedding. It was nice to see Alina having a bit of a moral principle and admitting the whole thing was a mistake and shouldn't have happened. Let's see how long that lasts. Tyrone should really know better than to become involved with a young woman nearly 20 years his junior and concentrate on his life with Fizz and the girls instead. I like the Bailey stuff. Nice to see them being involved in a storyline that isn't issues-based. I thought Ed was a bit harsh on Aggie for something that happened a long time ago before they even met, though. I get that he's hurt, that she never told him about her relationship with Ronnie, and that his brother might have fathered his son. But I've said it before, and I'll carry on saying it. Ed is Michael's dad in every sense that matters, and if Ronnie has a good bone in his body, he'll back off now and leave them alone to get on with it as a family with a new baby. That's, that's a very good point. I always feel really bad about these stories where... It's like, oh, but my real dad is mm. so-and-so. It's like, yeah, but your real dad is the one that, that stood you. by you. Found the trolling stuff interesting, as if curry and soaps in general are to survive much longer than they have to... But much longer than they have to adapt to the modern world and issues that come with modern technology in the internet and find interesting ways of doing this. I feel it's taken a long time for them to catch up with this sort of thing and it's about time they started doing it. Yes. I liked the realism in the Nick and Leanne scene. Nice to see Leanne being normal for once <laughs> instead of being some sort of strange gangster-type character as she was earlier in the week or going around shouting and wailing at everybody and everything. <laughs> Although I don't want to berate her too much considering she's gone through the biggest source of pain anyone could experience in losing her child. Yes. It was sweet how Sam got, got Nick... to remember that. Yes. It was sweet how Nick, uh, Sam got Nick to stay a little bit longer though I suspect the writers are taking it in the direction of a Nick and Natasha getting back together which will make Leanne jealous and more neurotic and the time with a drug storyline not a good week overall although tonight lifted it from one and a half or two to a two and a half but definitely not as high as a three i think i said it was like three and a half last week didn't i character of the week is sally for me because of all the wedding planning i love it when she's part of something and becomes all high and mighty with her ideas (laughs) honorable mention for ed as well though for making sure not to bring michael into the whole situation so he could concentrate on being a new father without having to worry about all the drama going on as well i think he'll make a wonderful dad and caring for his daughter will add more to his already likable character so that was good. I, 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 very nice, good. concise, thank you. detailed, really interesting summary, points. Liam. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. That's why I copied and pasted it from the group. Now, we've also got a message from Derek, who is a 70 Street fan on Twitter, and he was very interested in our discussion on retcons last oh. week. So, Gemma, I'll, I'll let you have a read of this one. Enjoyed the topic of bothersome retcons. The ones in the early decades tended to be minor in that sometimes dates, ages, or names of relatives, etc., were changed. But I can usually overlook these, as it's usually a case of a throwaway comment being contradicted in a later storyline. Even something seemingly more substantial, like 
like the Ogden's children or Ivy's husband aren't really a big deal for me, as the original scenario was never a significant aspect of the narrative, and I can understand why the writers might want to change these facts when characters become more established. I have more of an issue when long-established facts like the geography of the area changes. Admittedly, it's not a huge deal in story terms, but the extension of the new set does seriously change the long-established areas beyond the street itself. Then there are the more modern retcons affecting characters' lives. Many of these aren't truly retcons in that the show doesn't ignore history, but makes up convoluted reasons to change something about a character's life. We see this most often with matters of paternity and maternity. I really dislike these, as they're so often unnecessary and, frankly, unbelievable. I mean, we could have had Evelyn as Tyrone's paternal grandma. Yes, I forgot that point. Mm. I think I think we said it at the time, I mean, I but really, we, honestly, yeah. the, what was the point of it? To bring Evelyn in? To, to create just a bit of like, a mystery This for is a your grandma. Months. Yeah. Um, Derek continues, half the time I even forget Johnny is meant to be Carla's dad, as this doesn't seem a terribly significant aspect of either character's life. <laughs> and the fact that Adam had to be Mike Baldwin's son was never really important in the grand scheme of things. Certainly not at all once Mike died. In short, I think it's okay to change something if it was never a major thing within the programme. But we need a ban on any more I'm your real father revelations for the foreseeable future. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think definitely. Derek just said everything that I tried to say, but in much more concise and understandable terms, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Thank you very much, Derek. Thank you. And uh, Richard, we've got an email from him that's just popped up this evening. Gemma and Michael, hello. I hope you're feeling uh, both keeping well. No, my arm hurts. Loving the Leanne Simon storyline <laughs> and how in the space of two weeks the roles have been reversed with Leanne now the drugs mule and Simon <laughs> a de facto concerned parent. This story has the potential to run and run and provided it doesn't result in two actors leaving has the possibility of culminating in a Harris family witness protection type conclusion. Ooh. Ronnie Bailey referencing sickle cell anemia has reminded me of the first time I ever heard of the condition. Around 1990, I used to watch EastEnders and there was a character who had it and where it used to be referenced most episodes. He was a son of a family named Tavernier. That's a nice name. Loving the show at the moment after a flaky few weeks. Four genies out of the bottle out of five from me this week. Form is temporary, class is permanent. That's what I say. Finally, we have got a message from Mark, he posted this on our. He posted this to our Facebook group, didn't? No, not to are the group. Are you going to make me he, read poetry? No, I'll, read, I'll I'll do this one if you are. He he sent us a message on Facebook because he didn't want to post it publicly, saying um, he said it would make him sound like a know-it-all intellectual slob. But I didn't snob. An intellectual slob. <laughs> intellectual snob. But I've got this is. We, I, no. I can't remember why we were talking about it. But at the end of last week's episode, we were talking about poetry and with rhyming schemes that nearly rhyme but not quite. Um, and we couldn't think what it was called. Never be ashamed of knowing something that no, is the worst honestly that's the worst thing about society and culture is that we make fun of people for knowing stuff we should all be happy you should be happy to share your knowledge about stuff yeah no i thought this is interesting it is para rhyme it's called and according to the wikipedia page on para rhyme it is a half rhyme in which there is a vowel variation within the same consonant pattern see this is we i spent ages trying to find out what the hell i was talking about and i still that's not the word i was thinking of but well, this is exactly what it meant what i meant so my conclusion therefore is that i have learned and subsequently forgotten the word completely wrong to describe something that sort of rhymes a bit but doesn't um well i think I and think that's the story of my life i think a poem is quite a nice way to end the podcast it feels quite classy doesn't it but we it's don't... um it's a wilfred owen po- poem who um used to terrorize all of us as children 
during did... our GCSE. Oh yeah, <laughs> where we had the. Did you have the booklet of World War One poems? No, I don't think so. But we had, we had a few war poems. You got to do them, haven't you? Well, I think we we got a this special is... guest to uh, to read the poem this week. I think Ed Bailey would no, like to read. No, uh... you're not going to do that. Why people? No. People want no. it. No, Wilfred Owen is a war poet. And this is a very poignant poem. And I was going to let you read this because I thought you'd do a good job because I am not a poetry fan. I will read it in my normal voice. Do it in a nice teacher voice for everybody because this is... This is important. You can't make fun of this. This is a very sad time of of the world. Okay. Okay. This is this is you did. This is the last thing that's going to be on the podcast, everyone. If you don't care about nineteen eighteen poetry, you can stop now. But, but... if also you don't want to be bummed out, maybe. Right. This but is listen, from... thank you, Mark, for sending this example of pararhyme. Yes. That Michael... Param. <laughs> Too fast in thought or death to be bestirred. Then, as I probed them, one sprang up and stared. With piteous recognition in fixed eyes, lifting distressful hands as if to bless. And by his smile, I knew that sullen hole. By his dead smile, I knew we stood in hell. That's a really loud car that's going past at the moment. Stop spoiling the mood! Still think it would have been better if Ed had said that. No! Or Helen Flanagan. She loves a bit of poetry. I don't think you could be able to understand what was being said. (laughs) Thank you, Mark, for being sensible. I'm sorry that we ruined it. No, we didn't ruin it. Michael ruined it. Um, And that's it for another podcast, everybody. This is why we're not a poetry. This This is why I'm not a poetry... uh, Not do a poetry podcast, because... um, I thought I read that quite nicely. You did it really well, but I'm not very good at poetry. You didn't like... It's very good. Didn't you, didn't you avoid poetry at all costs in your English degree? I nearly had an argument with somebody in the seminar because there was this girl and she said, the thing I like most about poetry is the way that it doesn't beat around the bush and it just comes out and says what it means. And I went, um, have you read a poem? <laughs> um, right. Don't forget, everybody, we have got a bonus podcast this week, which is a revisit of the Tyrone character profile. We haven't given it its due. We've done a. Wilfred Owen poetry. (laughs) What? Mark shared a very poignant example of something. He was just telling us what Pararhyme was. Hall and Hell. Yeah, that's it. So, anyway, I was saying our bonus podcast this week is a revisit of the character profile of Tyrone Dobbs, who we first profiled on the podcast back in episode three, which is ages ago. So we spent about an hour talking about what he's been up to since. If they can retrospectively take your degree off you, I'm not, I don't have an English degree anymore. Okay. Um, so go and listen to that if you want to know. There's a quick reminder about what Tyrone's I enjoyed been that, doing. That Tyrone um, character profile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And it's I fun. think we're, we're uploading the whole thing to YouTube. We will be on, so, on Tuesday. No, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday episode, we're going to be putting episode three's character profile yes. and this week's ep- character profile all <laughs> smushed together. I haven't put it together yet. We Oh, one thing we need to do before we go to bed tonight is record a no. little beginning to that so that I can pop it on the beginning of it. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's glamour. it. And... Um, it's been a really long podcast, I'm sure, today. Because of that we spoke for a long time about Fizz and Tyrone. Yeah, but I don't think the street talk was, was super long. So we, we can finish it now anyway. But I, what I will say, and um, just as a little tease, we have got an oh, interview on the podcast no, next week. I'm not going to say who it, it is. Don't jinx it. I'm not going to say it. who it is. But if you're, if you're a patron, you can find out who it is. I'll post about it. I might even Do post... it before... No. Po- wait till you've done it. Okay. Okay. How many times have we had a pog, uh, an interview and it hasn't happened? Quite a lot. There have been a few that have fallen through this year. Yeah. 
Because so actually, hoping... probably what happened was they went, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then they listened to the podcast like, no, I, th- I thought it was the other one. <laughs> but anyway, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, so not long after this gets published, um, I'll be interviewing somebody and um, hopefully it should be quite good. Guess so that's, what? That's it's for gonna next be week's podcast. Somebody who's on the show. It, it might be Coronation somebody who's on the show. It might be somebody who works behind the show. It might be somebody who really, it. really likes the show, behind the scenes on the show. You'll have to Could wait and see. But like I said, patrons, um, I'll, I'll stick up a... Um, I'll, Put it up like over the weekend. Stick them up. If it all goes through. Hope you enjoy. Um, do send us emails and tweets and Facebook we messages and you. things. We'd love to hear from Thank you. Thank you very much for all the people that send in their feedback this week. Sorry that we couldn't read everything. Um, we are embarrassed by all of our riches when you send through all of your thoughts and feelings about Coronation Street. Do let us know what do you think of Fizz and Tyrone. Did you like, did you like um, it as much as we did? Uh, do we spend too long talking about ourselves and how much we relate to it? Probably, <laughs> yes. Um, it's always a bit weird when it hits you like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's unavoidable it felt, at times. It felt good. What? To talk no, it, about it or to watch it? Well, what both. Do you mean? Both. Mm. I, it was just really nice to get a scene where you go, this is fantastic. Yes. Because quite often you go and you watch Curry and it's like, yeah, this is okay or this is a bit... Meh. But you know what? But this is like... But both you, of us are like, this is class. If you didn't like it, that's fine too, because Coronation Street is more than just these scenes. There's lots of different things that Coronation Street can do these days. Sometimes it's outrageous and flamboyant and outlandish, and sometimes it's very plain and honest and direct. And there's all kinds of different fans, and they like all kinds of different things about Coronation Street. And that's the great and the bad thing about it, isn't it? I hope that if you didn't so like if you that didn't scene, like it, there was something else that you liked. Please let us know Hopefully what else you, you did really, like. really, really, really like the Sean storyline. Somebody had to. <laughs> right, um, conversation street at gmail.com, conversation street, coronation Stewart, Twitter, um, Instagram, what? Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, Patreon. Thank you, you know to the our score. patrons. Thank you, everybody. Um, oh, yeah, we, we put out a new bonus Patreon podcast last weekend, didn't we? We what did. What did we do it about? It was the Kids. top five child characters I'll on tell Coronation you what, Street. It was so suspenseful and tense to do that po- podcast because we have our top fives. We don't talk about which ones we've picked, we Before do our that. list. And we then we, we reveal it one by one. And then Michael thought I had a completely different person than I actually did. And it is very much fun to discover um, why I was wrong. If you are a patron and you have access to that, do give it a listen. Because I thought it was a very good Yeah. Very and good so what podcast. episode was it? Uh, 19. That was so our now, 19th bonus podcast. Every month we release a special patron episode and it's over an hour long every month, I think. And so now, if you if you join up now, you've got access instantly to Loads 19 more. episodes of fantastic Corrie goodness. Even if we do say so ourselves. Yes, we do. Yeah, That's it then. Yeah, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. You'll be able to find out who my secret interview is with. Hope you enjoy it. Um, Ta-ra for now. Goodbye. Happy Easter. Oh, blimey, I've got to make an Easter podcast cover this week. I've just realised I haven't made one. Watch out for Look April Fool's Day jokes. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh,